Hello and welcome to the Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast. My name is Josh, amateur radio call sign KI6NAZ. And I'm Leah, KN6NWZ. And we like to talk about ham radio, amongst many other things. So let's get started, shall we? Well, hello, Leah. Hello. How are you? How's I your... have had quite a week. You have. The kids have continued to be sick. Right. Yeah. Uh, so never ending sickness. I, I have to preface this by saying m- my kids don't have our kids. <laughs> I don't know why I said my kids. Your kids. Yeah. <laughs> our kids don't have the best immune systems. Particularly after being locked up for over a year, right? Yeah. Right. So they've kind of played catch up, but there has apparently been an outbreak of COVID in the mm-hmm. second grade class. Right. And the only way that we found out about it, I, I mean, they told us that there was one case mm-hmm. on campus, but didn't tell us what classroom or anything like that. We're kind of getting into privacy territory with this kind of stuff, right? Sure. All the parents want to know naturally who's sick, right. who's done in class. Why isn't Jimmy here? What, did was Jimmy coughing the day before? You know, all these questions come up. And so, of course... I, I know enough parents so that when that notice goes out, we mention it on our parent group for the elementary school. Mm-hmm. And then somebody messages me and goes, it's a secondary class. It's I'm pretty sure it's in my child's class. Mm-hmm. And this is a classroom that Ben is not a part of, mm-hmm. but he does have friends in that class. Sure. Right. And I was like, well, how do you know? Did they send you a notice that were your was your kid a close contact? And she goes, no, but my uh, my child had mentioned that they pulled a bunch of kids from class and sent them home. <laughs> right. Because those are all close contact kids, right. obviously. Right. And I was like, oh, that's contact really tracing. weird. The whole room. Yeah. Get out. It, no, not the whole room. Right. This is what's particularly weird. Yeah. So then it comes out. So I so I message the parents I know from that class, and I'm like, "Hey, did you hear anything about it? Because I am so nosy." And I, I'm not. I don't think everybody is <laughs> uh, that level of nosy in elementary yeah. school, in particular. Yeah. At this uh, time, in, in yeah, yeah, sure, of course, sure. yeah. So then, uh, one of the parents uh, that I know is actually the PTA president. Oh. And her child is in that class. And so I asked her, I was like, hey, did you hear anything about it? She was like, no, let me go ask. This, by the way, is also her child is the uh, little girl that Ben has a crush on. Oh. And she has a crush on him. So it's like we joke Uh, that. uh, This is getting weird. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So she goes and asks. And then her daughter goes, oh, yeah, they sent my desk mate home. But not her. Not her. They are literally sitting next to each other, only separated by a piece of plexiglass. Plexiglass saves all. And then so I go back to the original parent who told me. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I think it is. And she was like, yeah, I just found out my daughter's deskmate got sent home, too. But not my daughter. <laughs> so to catch everybody up a little bit here, Edison was sent home on Friday. Yes. You rushed him out to get tested. Negative. But he's sick. 
Um, so you kept him home on Monday. And I, ke- I keep both kids home when well, one kid Ben sick. started yeah. also showing yeah. symptoms. So yeah. you kept him home. Right. Flash forward to today, the, the, the record day we're starting on, which is Wednesday. And you call me saying, Ben has a croupy cough. Yes. And he wasn't coughing before. So now he's gone to go get a COVID test. Yeah, so both kids got COVID. But it's really crazy how they do the testing now. Because I thought they didn't have to go as high up the nose. Oh, they, they call That's why they call it a brain probe. Edison's mm-hmm. test on Friday mm-hmm. went up so far and it drew blood. The kids, yeah. I okay. promised, I promised the kid it was not going to hurt. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And then he cried all the way home telling me what a liar I was. <laughs> and I was like, well, it's, it wasn't supposed to be that way, but you were squirming a lot. Right, right, right. And then today, mm-hmm. he's he's obviously coming with us to get Ben tested. <laughs> and he, he's like actually a little bit uh, schadenfreude about right, it. Right, right. He's like, I can't wait for this kid. <laughs> then when they do Ben's, they barely go all the way up. Oh, so some are just like yeah. going a little hard. Yes. Why would you go hard on a five-year-old? Like that. One would argue accuracy of testing. I, I, I would make that <laughs> argument. One, one could say that, but <clears throat> well, very good. Yeah. But both kids home. Maybe go back tomorrow. We don't know yet. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Yeah. They are on the humidifier, as it were. I set that up in their room, so they should be hopefully good. We'll see. Anyway, thanks, everybody, for clicking on that Ham Radio Crash Course again. We really do appreciate it. Today's Ham Radio Minute, and I like to kick off the show with the Ham Radio Minute. It's never a minute is kits ah but but you're thinking yourself josh you've talked about kits before yes but i have a a bit always love a good kit i always love a good kit (laughs) that's right i always love a good kit so and if you like one kit why not two kits (laughs) well you're you're on the right path so i i did a talk um gosh it's it's combination of like a ham club and then they have like an Aries group. And then it's also like uh, Veterans Association, VA. Wow. Uh, too, or administration, because it's also, um, anyway, they got a lot going on. How many people? I don't know. Um, on the Zoom chat, there was about like 20. Okay. So I was doing this. They wanted me to just talk about radio kits, like grab and go radio kits or something like you can have um, in your car or at home that has, you know, charging capability, it's power redundant, possibly off grid with solar, you know, all that stuff. And so I just, I just dragged out three kits and I showed off my kit that I can do wind link and packet radio with on VHF, UHF. I pulled out my last um, backpack that I took out on POTA. So this would be the same or similar gear that I would go backpacking with, but not, not necessarily the same. It was just real lightweight. And then I had my, um, my EMP trash can. Right. You know, my, that video that I did on that. And I started going through it and I started thinking to myself, and, and this is the Hammer Radio Minute. I think a lot of people make kits, but they constantly like will take parts of one kit mm-hmm. and put it into the new kit. And then they'll take that out and then they'll put that in the new kit. And so they'll have like three bags that are like three quarters of a kit, half a kit, one quarter of a kit at any one time. Mm. because they take the radio they really love and they pick it up and it's antenna and they put it in the new kit and then that's the kit that goes with them so the the hammer new minute today is fill out the have a whole kit and if that means you have a radio in there you don't love 
that's fine. It's supposed to be a kit that you can grab and go. Mm-hmm. And so you may not have the radio you love most in the world. Available. I mean, you should be able to use it, right? That's <laughs> right. Even if you don't, if you don't love it. Right. You don't want to be in a situation where for some reason you can't find your one kit or it's in your car and you're away from your car or your car's parked somewhere. I don't really, maybe your wife took the car in the morning and you forgot you had your kit in there. And all of a sudden you're like sitting at home and you got like a Baofeng. And there's nothing wrong with that. And then your wife went to HRO to see if they have like a a trade-in program. An ICOM 7851 Mm -hmm. for, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's right. So the, the point How is, how many like, bow things for a seven? If you're thinking, <laughs> if you're thinking about like having a really nice radio, that's great. You should totally do that. But if you're thinking of also having like a radio in your car, a radio that's in a backpack that you keep in the closet with some food and a small solar panels, something like that, then you might want to lower the if you have a budget lower the value of that one really nice radio and buy some more inexpensive radios, round out your kits, and then you have actual functioning kits <laughs> ah. instead of a kit that you're like, well, again, I've got four bags here and they're all like part of a kit, right? That's not helpful, right? So the same thing should go with your first aid supplies, um, any of your food items, all that stuff. If, you're, if, you, if you like the stuff enough to buy one, then you probably should buy two or three. And then have them appropriately separated in different kits for the different purposes of why you created a kit in the first place. Huh. Well, I mean, not everybody's going to buy multiples of everything. No, I don't mean necessarily go buy like three top dollar radios. I mean... Like when you upgrade one. Sure. Take take the one that you're not using. And now that's the kit radio and put that in your emp trash can right so you can approach this in many different ways this could be a preparedness go bag type kit Mm -hmm. or this could be a poda bag kit right Right. so my poda bag kit has a 705 in it well there's no reason why my grab and go kit couldn't have my elecraft kx2 in it or some other radio that does a similar job. And again, I went, I went to, I, I know, I know, I went to expensive radios, I know. But understand what I'm saying. If you're making a kit to be a kit, have a radio in it that is part of that kit, and that's kind of its job. That's what it does. Okay. It stays in that job, it, it and that's it. It sounds to me like you're just encouraging people to me? buy new radios guilt-free. <laughs> Come on. Because <laughs> I've never, I never... How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> you? Never do that. Like you're trying to absolve yourself from. <laughs> Hear me out. What if instead of buying one ICOM 705, you bought three Shegu G90s? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, the, the, the Shegu G90 is actually a pretty good example because that's actually really good. Like if I was just stuck somewhere and I didn't have, I, maybe I didn't even have an antenna really. Mm-hmm. Shegu G90 would be great. It's got a built-in tuner. It's 20 watts output. It's it's okay on batteries. Heck yeah, I would run that thing like mad. Okay. And that's why it's in the EMP trash can. It's got a job to do. Okay. And that's why I like it. All right then. So there you go. That's the ham radio. What did, what did you do with the radio that I got you for Christmas? You're talking about those Chinese radios? The the yeah. one that play, that has a Nintendo emulator built in? Yeah, yeah. Nintendo radio. It's it's on the shelf. It's in the background of all my videos. What did what do you use? Actually, you for? gave me a really what, good idea. I need to put. I, I need to get that thing powered up so that when I'm doing my videos, it's like running the Mario thing in the background. <laughs> I'm totally doing that in the next video. That's that's a given right there. That has to happen. All right. So thanks for thanks for reminding me on that one. You're so welcome. Yeah. 
Uh, well, have a drink with us today. I'll bring the beer. Today, we're having Jameson and ginger ale. Uh, not me, though. You, well, I made you a Jameson and ginger mm-hmm. ale, and then you thought you would throw a floater of cream soda on the top of it. Cannot recommend it enough. Really? Yes. Okay, let me try it. It there is no hint of Jameson, which some people might not like, I understand. But it has the flavor of... Oh, um, it's okay. That's okay. That's way too... Yeah. No, mine is the appropriate amount of Jameson to ginger ale. The cream soda gives it a really nice mouthfeel, though. What? Like, Jameson and ginger is kind of bitey. Bitey? Yeah, like it's a little sharp. But then the cream soda makes it, like, smooth, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is a um, there is a mystery science theater three thousand. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite shows growing up, and this is probably why I'm so weird. Sure, uh, <laughs> that's why. <laughs> I watched like every episode of Mystery Science Theater three thousand, and it was before like you could get it reliably through Comedy Central. Yeah, like, I used to watch Mystery Science Theater three thousand too. It started in Canada. And that adds up. My uncle would tape them and he would have the VHS tapes and I would borrow them from him just to watch like these bootleg (laughs) (laughs) Mystery Science Theater 3000. But there's this scene where there's, and I'm not going to tell you what the the video is. Hopefully people know what it, well, maybe that's how you really know if you're going to win the 100 internets. But um, there was a scene where there's a girl and she's riding in the backseat of a convertible and her parents are driving. And she's holding a dog. And the dog's like, you know, dogs are horrible. Animals are horrible to, to shoot. In, well, uh, <laughs> in both on, the figuratively sense and, and the literal Depends sense. on your budget. I mean, with the camera. Mm-hmm. I understand. Um, and there's a part where the dog's kind of wigging out. And they go, oh, no, mommy, the, the dog's is sharp again. <laughs> and so whenever dogs or something does something or the kids cry about an animal, I'm like, oh, no, the dog is sharp again, mommy. <laughs> And I say that, and I know nobody has any concept of what I'm talking about, but it's one of my favorite uh, like lines that happened in Mystery Science Theater 3000. You know, I have I have faith in the HRCC community that they're going to show out and tell you exactly what it's from. <laughs> if somebody knows what it's from, I would be I'd be pretty impressed. Oh no, the dog is sharp again, mommy. <laughs> just cracked me up. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> well, join the conversation by leaving a review on iTunes for the Hammer New Crash Course, and we really do appreciate it. Or you can leave a review wherever you you pod. And if you want to leave us comments, drop questions, or provide merch ideas, and if we take one of your merch ideas and make a merch out of it, we will send you one for free. And you can email us at leia at hamtactical.com. Leaving a review wherever you listen to our podcast will help Ham Radio Crash Course reach more hams and the ham curious, and we appreciate it. With that said, we have a review here from MDC2651. Hey, thanks so much. Thank you so much. And he titled it Easy Listening. And he writes, the easy banter between husband and wife makes for an easy listen. I found the podcast in February and passed my, my tech exam in March. Congratulations. Congratulations. I listen while running my route as a local truck driver. And that's from KO4NCW. Hey, thanks so much for listening. And I'm so happy you got licensed. Yeah, thank you very much. We do appreciate that. Okay. With that said, what have we been using this week, Leah? We'll start with you. Well, it's starting to get chilly. (laughs) I mean... We've been dressing in Skyline merch. No. (laughs) 
I'm actually going to suggest something that's probably pretty good for preppers. Uh, maybe not in the areas that get very severe weather, but if you are in an area that still gets sunshine for a decent part of the the day mm-hmm. and you're not hit by things like hurricanes, tornadoes, things that can lift, right? Consider getting a portable greenhouse. Oh. They they can be pretty easily erected, mm-hmm. but it'll allow you to grow things through much later in the season. Sure, and I imagine that's something you could DIY very easily. Sure, yeah. yeah. I mean, Amazon has them for pretty cheap. I want to say uh, $60. That's not so bad. Yeah. And it's probably twice to And it comes thirds. with built-in shelves. Oh, okay. All right. So That's I thought good. when I saw it that it was a really good deal, I ended up grabbing one for my mom mm-hmm. uh, because on uh, on the after chat on Saturday, you came in and told me, buy all the things right now. I am very serious. Buy the Christmas gifts. Buy everything <laughs> that you think you're going to need yeah. for the next month. <laughs> so, Well, through the rest of the year. That was my... Yeah, my hot take. Yeah, yeah. And now we live in a shipping container, so yes. <laughs> boxes everywhere. <laughs> yeah, so that's a thing that happened. How about so that's you? your thing? Okay, yeah, that's my thing. What uh, are you using? So I I picked up a couple of things. There is a company called Go Ruck. Mm. Have you heard of Go Ruck before? Only when a package arrived at the house. Yeah. <laughs> so go ruck is a thing that people are doing it's it's an actual like event and kind of like a workout deal oh and it's it's a rucksack basically like a military march type rucksack event and you would go on these long marches and you do various workouts on the way and like people pay money to go to actual like weekend kind of excursions or day trips that do this whole thing right okay so i'm not it's like planning a, it's like a boot camp mm, kind of it's it's like a march, right? Okay. So you got your full your full pack on, et cetera, et cetera. Well, years ago I bought um thirty pound plates. Mm, yes. That go I in remember backpacks. That. Yeah. And I would just put them in backpacks and, and wear them like when I would go on regular walks, like with the kids and stuff, because it was like kinda like preparing for hiking. Because mm-hmm. right? if you are carrying a backpack, et cetera, et cetera. Because, you know, I can't get out. But with particularly with COVID and all that, I was like, Oh hey, I got those plates. I'm gonna throw them in a backpack. Well, the GoRuck bags are specifically designed to do that. They're specifically designed to slide the plates into. And they have a sleeve oh, on the inside. That's so they're not cut. jostling around. Exactly. And they have handles on all sides of the bag so you can take it off and you can do like overhead presses. Interesting. And you can do swings with it and lifts and all that. I imagine without compartments to hold them in place, you could do some real damage with with a weight. I in like the to keep my laptop and the weight in the same <laughs> chamber of my backpack that's why i only use tough books right stand up to the vicious abuse of a 35 pound plate so i've been i've been i just got that but i've been wearing it around the house (laughs) and then taking it off and like lifting it like yeah dad's like are you you going are you leaving us mommy's not home yeah you can't just go so that was fun nice little shock from father uh, I did pick up an iPhone 13, and it's just like the iPhone 12. Yeah, you haven't but, had an upgrade in a really long time. Yeah, I had an iPhone X or XS 10. It's a 10. That's what I had. Okay. And so it was due. Not that long. 
Not that long. Was that like three years? Not even three years. Okay. No, yeah, definitely three years. Well, if it's an iPhone 10 and this is yeah. the iPhone 13. Yeah, but they don't, they come out more often than once a year, don't they? Once a year, they come out with a new model. Oh, yeah. Wow, that makes it easy to remember, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I upgraded. It's just like the 12, which is what Leia has, but the cameras are fantastic. So I... Watch out, world. I took a picture of a, of a <laughs> Josh grocery... Josh is going to start making videos. <laughs> yeah. I took a picture of a grocery cart with canned goods in it. And I was like, that's like one of the best pictures I've ever taken on a phone <laughs> in a parking lot. And I was like, the colors really pop. It was crazy. So that's Those preps are so vibrant. Yeah. So while I was on this excursion of fooling around with buying all the things, I realized, oh, I've got my next Willet antenna idea. Oh. So that meant breaking out some of my uh, my gear there because um, I haven't done a Willet antenna with the 705 with the 705 tuner. Oh. So I broke that out. It was it was on the table, but I started playing around with it, get it all set up because I think I'm going to do a video on it. I don't know when I can get out to do it, but... It, 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 it should be a funny video. But um, yeah, so that's what I've been doing. That's Great. what I've been playing with. So do you have a preparedness corner? I do. Oh. I'm actually pretty excited about it. Oh. Because yeah. I happened upon a corner of TikTok that is straight up my jam. Straight up your jam. Yes. We'll pump up the jam and talk <laughs> about it. There is a hashtag on on TikTok that is called Prep Talk. Oh, sure. Okay, so it's it's proper TikTok, but it's mostly populated by women. Really confuses the people that are taking the SAT. <laughs> the SAT's over with. They don't like forever. I don't think they're bringing it back. Okay. I think they're actually replacing it. This is what's really messed up. I think that some colleges are going to implement their own test. <laughs> Which means you are no longer no preparing longer for just one test. Oh, no. You will be preparing for the test for whatever universities you want to get into if they have implemented a test. Man, forget yeah. that. That's crazy. So there are some really great tips on Prep Talk. And I had been following a lot of uh, homesteaders and canners for a sure. long time. But Prep Talk is so refreshing. And it's it's actually not... Uh, like super far doomsday preppers. They're mm -hmm. just women, a, a lot of them, who are doing everyday preps. But one of the big topics that has come up, right. and uh, somebody uh, tagged me, I don't remember the TikTok handle, but she tagged me in this woman who was stuck in the Texas freeze. That story was crazy. You linked me to it, and I was like, that is literally... You made a prepper through that whole thing. Right. Like, she she basically... Sorry was, you had to live through yeah. that to get the concept of why you prepare, but... She lived through the Texas freeze. Mm -hmm. And so what she did was um, she went to a hotel where tons of other people were trying to get into the room. hotel. Yeah. $400 a night that she was paying. Yeah. And the hotel didn't even have uh, running water. Yeah. All they had was electricity and heat. Sure. Which was better than where they were, right? right? With, no, with no heat, no water. Yes. No electricity. And she went home to grab a few things. Ended up seeing um, her neighbor who ha was a mom with a child. And I she, thought it was a woman that was in the parking structure. 
No, I think it was her neighbor. Anyway, okay. she she grabbed this woman um, and also invited her to join her in the room so that the baby could be warm. Right. But in the, in the process of all of this, her next door neighbor, who was an elderly woman, she actually died. From the, carbon and, monoxide poisoning. Yeah. And it was so tragic. And she realized nobody's coming to help. Right. Because they and got other pro- their own problems. The people that come to help during a disaster have their own right, problems. Right. Uh, so a, a big topic now is the winter is supposed to be 10 degrees colder this year. That's the claim. Right. We'll, well, we'll see. Right? right. I mean, okay. I mean, California feels a bit colder, but we're a bad... We are. Uh, We're a bad, bad mark for yeah, determining exactly. this. exactly. Because it didn't even really start getting cold until today and yesterday. And by cold, I mean, we're finally seeing lows in the 50s. Right. You know? Right. And then the daytime is still around 70. Mm-hmm. But one of the interesting things that I learned through just binging prep talk, <laughs> right? <clears throat> is ways to stay warm mm-hmm. without without heat. And this is something that, uh, uh, without like electricity and natural gas or yeah. whatever you would normally use. Uh, I saw this really great tip about um, setting up a tent. You, you lay down like an insulating layer below a tent. Mm-hmm. Then you cover the tent with, um, with mylar blankets okay. to block it in. And then you basically just stay in there and you don't leave unless you have to go to the bathroom or something you just sweat yeah yeah you, you stay. just stay in there and sweat yeah because you're gonna sweat like crazy and other people recommended mylar blankets on windows sure right uh but the thing that i i, I had seen this during the texas freeze and now i'm kind of seeing it practiced appropriately mm-hmm. Uh, where you can create a space heater with a candle, a flower pot, and some bricks, okay. right? So you lay down the bricks um, around what would be the the surface the the candle would be sitting on, mm-hmm. and around it, surrounding it, mm-hmm. and then on top of it, you would put a terracotta flower pot uh, with the hole plugged, and that alone can get up to 200 degrees the flower pot okay. and create enough ambient heat around it to to raise a small room 10 degrees in temperature. Okay. And that's pretty just good. um just with like a regular household um candle. Right. Right? And then other people recommended don't buy the candle, get Crisco and a hard wick and that will actually last you much oh, sure. longer mm-hmm. than a regular candle and it's cheaper than a regular candle a can of crisco sure um yeah okay okay i, I see where they're going with that yeah. so that's my preparedness corner so believe it or not um i remember very distinctly reading that mm-hmm. in my voice my cub scout handbook really yep to heat up a tent just for rent, you wouldn't put that in a tent necessarily. Okay. Burn the damn thing down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, that's I remember. I remember reading that. There's a couple things like that to to kind of create this ambient yeah. radiating heat kind of thing. So if you're in an area where you think you're going to have a cold winter, and they're saying like propane is going to be fifty percent more, electricity and natural gas are going to increase too. Yeah, these are all guesses, but if 
if you honestly this kind of all i started talking about this more when i did my um my last poda Mm -hmm. i went down to the beach and i just saw the ships now if you had no context then you would have been like hey that's a lot of ships i was at that beach or you know that whole coastline Mm -hmm. where were we six months ago we were down Uh, there seal beach about six months ago right Mm -hmm. it's double the ships right it's the it's just more ships yeah, somebody was saying that um, they had seen footage all along mm-hmm. the West Coast, mm-hmm. and the line is way far up our coast. Yeah, I'm sure. Now, that's just shipping. That's not necessarily things to sustain life coming in, right? Some of it is. But we're seeing dips in supply because of this transport. Right, right in the continental u.s Mm -hmm. and that is only going to be perturbated when you add cold yeah and high demand yeah and where do those two things exist the holiday season yeah that is when people start coming together so they want to buy more things Mm -hmm. and they want to have things to have parties and all that stuff i'm i'm not saying anything's going to happen but at the same time what I'm seeing and what we've already been going through the last, you know, now two years makes me think it's just a time to throw a little extra blanket on yeah. the preparedness stash. Interestingly, I've been told by multiple people that mm-hmm. the only company that is expected to be able to deliver um, on time their DHL. holiday stock for toys mm-hmm. is Legos. Why? I guess because of where they're manufactured and shipped out of. Or how they get here. Or oh, I, I thought you were know. talking about a shipper, like a shipping company. No, Legos, the toy company. Nah, I don't know that I believe that, but okay. Yeah, who knows? I, I already bought the toys. So So we're good. Yeah, so my, my recommendation, again, is to figure out your lower cost heating solution mm-hmm. and prepare that now. I'm, I'm sure people who use wood um, for warmth, they're, they're going to be fine. They're going to go chop their wood and... I mean, if that's, that. if that's, yeah. but, but if you're not, you, you do know that there are people who buy wood. Sure. They buy yeah. cords of wood and Absolutely. have it delivered. Yeah. My dad does that. He gets half a cord usually. Oh. Um, depending on the winner. I got to message him too and be like, did you stock up? Yeah. You know, you know, what you could do is you could have your mom have them fell a tree and solving, chop it up, so much. haul it down here. Yeah. That, you know how much? <laughs> haul it to Big Bear. <laughs> how expensive that would be to do all that that'd be crazy that would be insane so somebody's probably thinking to themselves man it's been like 10 minutes and they haven't talked about ham radio once well here's something uh you want to buy some ham radios this uh coming season uh same transport you might want to think about i mean i have not heard of any radios coming out like new radios for the holiday season i'm I don't know if it was intentional or not, but Yesu was probably smart in coming out with the FT5 when they did, mm. because there's probably enough stock around that people can get them if they want them. Sure. But I imagine things might get a little tight. I don't know. I'm imagining a slowdown again. Mm. That's my that's my. Thought. Do you remember what happened during the last slowdown where ham radios weren't? Oh yeah, the, ham- the, the shelves were completely empty. And then people and it was were the first of it was like the gouging. first of the year. Do you remember how much a Baofeng was going for on eBay? Yeah, it was like it was like sixty to eighty dollars oh for a God. UV5R. Because yeah, all exactly. they got to do is log into the app, the Amazon mm-hmm. uh, website, and just well, I was going to crank that price up there. Yeah, exactly. And they're sitting on 
pallets full of Baofengs at Amazon. Mm-hmm. So they're just like cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. And everybody didn't have ham radios. And they're like, oh, I got to find out about this ham radio thing. And they probably saw my video. And they're like, oh, we got to get a Baofeng. <laughs> and I'm like, well, shoot. You got a bunch of $80 Baofengs kicking around now. Wow. Special commemorative uh, Baofengs. COVID special? Yeah. COVID commemorative Baofeng? Yeah, exactly. What is it? What what makes it special? Uh, it's just like regular Baofeng. But I way over three times as four much times for as it. much in some cases, I think. Yes. That's what makes it special. <laughs> does the programming cable work? No. No, it does not come with the working programming cable. Thank you. All right. Well, we're all out of segments, so that must it must be time. You have entered Leia's email correspondence tower. Okay. It's not the spooky edition yet. I forgot. No. Spooky edition. I mean, we're getting close here. And is that why you looked at your watch? You're like, yeah. <laughs> is there, are we in October? <laughs> Josh is usually all about the spooky. He really is. Okay. Uh, the first email is titled RF Chokes. And this is from our good friend Russ out in Vermont, our. Uh, our bringer of maple goodness. Russ says, hello, friends. I was wondering if you had a source for item C, an RF choke. It doesn't specify the composition of the toroid, but I was curious if you or others had a source. I found the other toroid, but not the common choke. Your friend in the north, 73, Russ, KC5CNT. What is item C? Is there a picture? No, uh, but I believe that i have an answer for this oh you get your chokes toroids and ferrites at palomar engineers that or dx engineering yeah sure but but palomar has an hrcc discount code. do it's, we're not affiliated we make nothing from this yeah. it's just a coupon for the listeners and the viewers yeah it's hrcc 73 all capital letters and i believe it's 10 percent off there you go but that was an answer to his question oh so what's the choke for he said choke, so I can probably take a guess. Uh, let me go back. Because and... he asked about mix. So I did a, by the way, if you, if you want to know more about this, I did a, a live stream on explaining the differences for toroids, ferrites, balans, ununs, and I talked about the mix types and why you'd use one versus another. If you're looking for just choking RF, you want a mix 31 type toroid. Okay. And go ahead. Oh, I can't find it. So okay. it might have been a list you you did last week. Oh, okay. Uh, you did go through a list of things last week. I don't remember saying RF choke. Okay. So it might have been a previous episode. Yeah. If you want to reduce common mode currents in your shack or on your feed line, generally in your shack and on electronics, people will use mix 31 and that is good for hf ham radio you may need a different toroid mix if you were going to move or if you had different frequencies in mind so that is what i would say okay thank you so much russ for your email hope that answers your question the next email is titled merch idea and this is from doug 
Good evening, Leia of the Land and her jester, Josh. Oh. Yes. <laughs> I like that. I like it. I sent this email before, but it failed to reach you, uh, probably due to operator error on my end. While listening to episode 108, while you were discussing the email about the tower in Rhode Island, and if you um, yes. remember that tower was about uh, somebody who was moving from California to Rhode Island to a very nice property. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he had looked into getting permission to erect a tower in which he was shot down. And everybody said, you don't ask permission. <laughs> in yes. Rhode Island. <laughs> but we did have one individual who's like, you don't understand. Yeah. Rhode Island. <laughs> Uh, like small town politics you kind don't of thing. understand josh made this comment and the shirt idea popped into my head immediately mm-hmm. the shirt should have a house with an appreciable tower beside it in the middle of a decent sized piece of land surrounded by a town or suburbs over the top of it it should read just put it up and fm <laughs> Yeah. That's pretty funny. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, Doug, if we make it, you're getting one. Just put it up in FM. Doug signs off. That is all. Thank you for all you do. 73, 1X crew, not allergic to bees. Good. Doug. (laughs) Good, Doug. K9 MTQ. I can't believe we created a (laughs) signature line now for emails. I'm actually quite interested because it seems like not a lot of people are allergic to bees, you know? I mean, you know, it was it was uh, back when we were kids. What was the two common things that would kill you? It's bee stings and uh, quicksand. Right. <laughs> Wait. That was my that was my greatest fear growing up. It's like, you know, there's a lot of things that that scare other kids, but me, I'm afraid of quicksand. Yep. Because of every cartoon and every <laughs> movie that I ever saw as a child. I thought it would be a much bigger threat than it really is. Yeah, like I for, thought that that for, was going like to be... everyday life. That was going to be a part of my adult. Uh, yeah. Life. It's yeah. like a problem children didn't face, but adults, the moment you hit adulthood, you were screwed by quicksand. Yeah, the emergency <laughs> radio siren goes Just, off. <laughs> quicksand spontaneously uh, appeared everywhere. So you carried a rope around with you. A whip. What did we learn from Indiana Jones, if anything, uh, about how to deal with quicksand <laughs> the next email is titled christmas gift idea for josh and this is for you know what it is it's a 7051 mm. for those so, of you that listen mm. to uh, ham nation this week mm. jim says <laughs> good morning leah loyal one x listener here well thank you since the podcast is occasionally about ham radio uh, accidentally <laughs> maybe possibly i don't know maybe i have found the best non-ham radio Christmas gift idea for Josh. Okay. Picture attached. <laughs> Have a great weekend, Jim. KI5GZAPS. My Photoshop skills are highly questionable. And if you'd like to see our pictures that show up in the podcast on the email, uh, oh my gosh. Oh. <laughs> I saw part of it and then your iPad fell. Uh, please join us on the Discord and go to the HRCC podcast chat where Leia posts. Different things from the podcast and pictures. Do you that know? Is do you know what the original? Fantastic. Uh, do you know what the original cologne that is? I don't know. You got to show it to me again. So it's cologne. Yeah, it's it a- has Doctor Evil on it, and it says Evil Musk. <laughs> it's on an orange box. I know. You, I mean, this is in the way. It's so great. So what is the? I don't know what the original <laughs> is. Do you? 
<laughs> Think it real hard about it. I, Musk? Uh-huh. I only know about your car nowhere this uh, holiday season. It's Jovan Musk. Oh, I wouldn't have got that. <laughs> there's only two. There's only two. There's only two fragrances I know about in the holly, holiday season, and that's Jacar Nowhere and Windsong. Oh, what about Cool Water? No, Windsong. Windsong. And CK One. No, Leia. The commercial <laughs> for Windsong. <laughs> your Windsong stays on my mind. What about, what was that Elizabeth Taylor one? It was something diamond. White diamonds. White diamonds. These always give me luck. <laughs> You're not even in the game, what? lady. <laughs> Trying to play Baccarat over here. <laughs> Some lady just threw her diamond rings on the table. Hey, <laughs> hey, Pitt, can you get this lady out of here? You have such an incredible memory for old <laughs> perfume hats. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Unparalleled. I did a lot of staying at home watching prices right, okay, as a kid. I was in and out of the surgeries and teeth pullings and all that stuff as a kid. I even had scarlet fever. Yes, you did. I think I hallucinated that. And then commercial. we had to burn your bunny. Not we, I wasn't there when you were a kid, but your mom had to burn your bunny. It's a velveteen rabbit. Okay, okay. thank you for your great, email, Jim, great, and great. your fantastic Photoshop. The next email is titled, An Apology, and this is oh. from Andrew. Hello, Josh and Leia. I just wanted to start off by saying that I'm sorry for my past message. I was in a rush, and I wrote it a bit hastily, so it probably wasn't the best. No problem, Andrew. We've already forgotten. <laughs> you get a lot of emails, Andrew. <laughs> what I was wanting was that I drive somewhere... And use the solar panel to keep the battery charged while I'm operating. And I mentioned the 12-volt power port in the vehicle so I can use a device like a phone or a tablet. And I'm going... Aha. Uh, Leah's typing now. Yeah, I'm going to look up. It was a solar panel question that Andrew asked last time. Mm-hmm. And he was looking for a portable solar panel to attach to his vehicle battery while he plays radio. The only other draw would be a cigarette lighter phone charger with 38 watts. And he was asking, what's the maximum safe wattage of a solar panel recommended? Uh, so he's saying that what he was wanting was he wants to drive somewhere and use the solar panel to keep the battery charged while operating. I am not the the best solar panel guy, so I will do what I I will say what I would do to know that I wouldn't be harming my battery potentially. Whatever solar panel I plugged into it would be a charge controller in between the panel oh, and the battery. I wasn't aware that was a thing. The charge controller prevents discharging the battery into the panel. So this is a fun thing about batteries. Okay. If you took a panel in darkness and plugged a battery to it, the panel will get hot. Oh. It will discharge the battery into the solar panel. That's why you use a charge controller to stop that from happening. Oh. So your charge controller prevents the, the discharging, but also I'm, I'm sure that the charge controller is probably doing some work in there that you're not, um, you're not overvolting the battery or feeding it too much or whatever. There's, I mean, there's, there's numerous amounts of solar panels that if you're only running a tablet, then you're fine. But at the, so wait, the car's off, 
and he's going to have his radio and his uh, tablet connected to the car. Yeah, he mentioned 12-volt power port in the vehicle. But he said that was for a tablet. Yeah, so he can use the device, a device like a phone or a tablet. So how is he running his radio? Mm. That was my major question. Was he he running with that? Okay, so here's the questions. Car on or off? Mm -hmm. Tablet connected to battery. Got it. Mm -hmm. How are you running the radio? Okay. And why can't the car be on? Okay. All good questions, Josh. Yeah, I, I, I think I remember Andrew, talking, asking these back, questions. Get back at us. I remember asking yeah. these questions. I think, I think I did. But let me just run through some of those. If the car's on, then you don't have much of a problem. And cars will idle for a long time. <laughs> They're still pretty good on gas. So okay. that's, that's not that big a deal. Um, if you have the engine off, like a folding or rollable 60 watt solar panels fine obviously 12 mm-hmm. volts into a charge controller and you can just kind of lay that on the hood after you connect it mm-hmm. just have little clamp connectors for the positive and negative leads. and is there a panel you recommend for that purpose uh sure but you're gonna have it's gonna be expensive Powerfilm Solar makes some really good panels that will fold up into small little rectangle-sized packages. They also have roll-up panels. I have the Jackery 100-watt panel that um, I bought along with the Jackery charger. I bought. I know Jackery's like all over the place with sending people gear, but no, I bought it. I It, it folds up small enough that it fits in the back of our um, Xterra really easily like mm-hmm. right up against the side. Yeah. So that's kind of why I take it. And that would just lay over the hood. That's less expensive than a power film. But solar panels start to get real pricey. So just keep that in mind. So there you go. All right. Now for a merch idea oh, from Andrew. All right. I'm not sure if it's been mentioned before, but since you have some Canadian listeners, maybe something like a syrup on its side and a drip is coming out in the shape of a handheld or radio mic. I like that idea. That might take a little bit more graphic design. It would have to be like a smaller bottle, like up higher. And then Mm. the drip was actually really big, like a long Mm. drip for the aerial and then the body of the radio out of it. I'm going to think on this, Andrew. I like it. And if we make it, you're getting one. That's not bad. Andrew wraps it up. You love our Canadian friends. Definitely. Yeah. The nicest of people. (laughs) And mint Oreos for the win. Okay. Yes. Okay. But this the is, thins. The thins are the best. They Mint are Oreo very thins. good. Do you remember there was a period of time where Oreo was just blasting? I guess Nabisco had some extra money or something, but they were blasting so many flavors. There, there was just a wall of Oreo. And they had of, like mixed flavors with like different different yes, types of like cream apple filling. Apple pie, pumpkin pie. Red velvet cake. Yes. And just... The red velvet cake ones are good. Those yeah. were really good because it's like cream cheese frosting. I think you did a mukbang with the different Oreos. Did you? I did. Yeah, we had yeah. A lot of, like some of the Japanese ones too. Yes. Dude, the, the people who get down with Oreo and Kit Kat is Japan. Oh, yeah. They have some of the coolest flavors. It's, I don't know how they're producing them. 
at the, I, I don't know if Japan's like really big into Oreos and Kit Kats. I have no idea. Oh, Korea too. Korea gets a lot of uh, Oreos, different Oreo sure. flavors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I want to say that the Thins originated in Asia. I believe it. They rolled them out over there and that's how they sold Oreos. Mm -hmm. And then people were like, wait, what if Americans also like Thins? And we do. Mm. What a cool, what a cool way to do to uh, get Oreos to where they're going, though, where you just roll them out. <laughs> just, <laughs> they're on cargo ships, just rolling. They're just rolling them out. Now they're all, they've all fallen off board now. <laughs> the ships are stopped. That's it. The Oreos are still rolling. Somewhere. Yeah. They say, and they say the mint Oreo is still rolling in Japan. So. Yeah. Andrew signs off 1X Crew 73 VA7 AXS. Andrew, that's that's Axis. That's pretty good. <laughs> nice. Nice. The next email is titled For the Preparedness Minute. Okay. And this is from Michael. For the Preparedness Minute, you should use a sound clip of Helen Hunt saying, Cow, another cow. That's pretty from good. The movie Twister. That's pretty good. <laughs> Thanks. Love the podcast and videos, Mike. I remember she was oh, kind sorry, of a, Michael. It was like an elevated pitch, but also kind of deadpan. Yes. She was like, cow, another cow. <laughs> that was good. That's a really good one. That is uh, that is Helen Hunt's sound. Well, thank that you. I, I do pride myself <laughs> on a good Helen Hunt impersonation. Thank you for the suggestion, Michael. You may hear it on the next podcast. The next email is titled 5G, a concern and merch idea. Oh, no. And this is from Don. Oh, no. Don, N5SKT? Uh, no. KE5ADX. Oh, my. What is with Don's and 5G? Let it go, Don. <laughs> Don Army. Don Army. This is not the hill for you to die on. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don N5SKT. It, it, it is one of the tropes. If Don brings up 5G, everybody has to take a drink. <laughs> <laughs> what does he say about 5g oh he hates it it's the devil it's so fast though. Uh, dude this so this fast. iphone has full 5g and it's insane don says happy saturday ham royals wow does that make you like william and i'm kate or does that make you charles and i'm camilla <laughs> i think as we get older we just become Wait, right now, are we Harry and Meghan? I mean, you're not white. Oh, my God. You do have a little red in your beard. See? <laughs> and I haven't gone, like, balding yet. So then as I get older... Oh, my gosh. Then we might upgrade to the next level. Is, you know, they say that once um, Queen Elizabeth passes away, that that might be the beginning of the end for the English royals. I don't know why we went straight English. There's plenty of royals around the world. <laughs> but that's Okay. Name that's me fine. another. Uh like any other European country that hasn't done away <laughs> with their monarchy. <laughs> also other But do you know any of them by name? I'm sorry to put you on the spot like this. But... Um does does the Netherlands Spain? Spain? No. No, I I know. 
Yes, I know. You keep oh, mentioning the countries. names the of names. no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not I like indeed a do not. King Hussein of Jordan. I think he's passed now. That's, he's a ham. That's the only reason yeah. I know. <laughs> that's the only reason. All right. <laughs> Don says, in response to Vic's question about a 5G tower going up and uh, access the street, Josh is correct that they are an entirely different frequency. Most 5G in the 850 millimeter wave and soon C band of the 3 gigahertz. Hmm. The only thing to worry about is if your shack causes interference with those signals. Interesting. And if the frogs turn gay. What? <laughs> what? What? Uh, it's an oh, old Alex oh Jones. Do you remember? Okay. Do you remember Alex Jones? Do you remember that guy? He was a very him? angry man. He's got that voice. He's like, yeah, turn the frogs gay. He was. He wasn't talking about 5G, but it's just like whenever something comes up that's borderline conspiracy, I just. He was like the next generation Rush Limbaugh, right? Like he was the, like the QAnon Rush Limbaugh. But he was like the newer version of the the guy who was the yelling pundit. Um, you know, there was a lot of those, <laughs> and there still are. Okay. Um, All right. Uh. Don continues, please read the entire message before responding. Oh, Leia, too late. I'm sorry. <laughs> you have to say that right up front. No, no, no. I think it's about this next okay, section. Okay, okay. Leia, you said something last week that has me concerned. While I do not generally try to talk someone out of converting from one religion to another, remember, read all of this before commenting, <laughs> I just need to speak up. Please, I beg you, stay on the path that shows honor and respect for all living creatures. Your mention of converting to a pain-filled life may require the Hamily to perform an intervention. Be patient. I'm almost there. I'm biting my lip. Please refrain from the religion of masochism. <laughs> now you may comment. <laughs> I made a joke about being a masochist. Take I don't know if it was in reference to the general test. That's probably what I was talking about. <laughs> uh, maybe. Yeah. Good one, Don. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> you really had Josh on the edge of his that seat. Okay, what's happening? So Don doesn't sound like he's anti-5G. No. I think he was just commenting <laughs> no. on yes. frequency space. So yes, thank you, Don, for the... But I don't know. Maybe he needs to talk to the other Don. Yeah. Maybe the Dons need to get together. Yeah. (laughs) Don Army. Come to an agreement. (laughs) Come come on, Don Army. (laughs) And finally, my merch idea. As it draws closer to Halloween, how about a shirt that says, trick-or-treaters beware, my house is hexed, and have a picture of a house with a hex beam next to it. (laughs) That's pretty good. It is. It's probably too late for a Halloween shirt. Though. Yeah, if we're gonna yeah. do a Halloween themed shirt, we have to have maybe that in next September. year. I'm gonna file this in the just next year's Halloween shirt and time it. <laughs> yeah, or or say the kids, I get the most trick or treaters. I hand out bow fangs. What? <laughs> That's more expensive than full size radios. But you didn't. You don't understand what the image looks like. Okay. It's a a door frame. Okay. And then it's just a bunch of hams. <laughs> pumpkins and bags open 
All right. Well, Don signs off. 73 Don KE5ADX, the RF field tech. Thank you you so much, Don. Good good journey there. (laughs) I I appreciate you bolstering my point there. I love that. That's, hey, there's, you know, that does happen occasionally where people email to tell me, Mm. like, yes and. Mm. They yes and me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Most of it is no. Sometimes you haven't made a point good enough. No but. Yes. (laughs) The next email is titled Grab and Go Podcast. And this is from Mike. Hi, Leanne, Josh. I'm a new listener and love the podcast. Thank you. Welcome, Mike. I've had my tech license for a few years now, and I am finally finding time to learn more about ham radio. And your podcast is really helpful and entertaining. That's the two things we strive for. Glad to hear that Josh likes the Yesu FT5 for a good grab-and-go radio. One of my early purchases was a slightly similar radio, the Yesu VX6, which is also submersible and a little less expensive. It's the Swiss Army radio. Along with it, I bought all the accessories, including a speaker mic and an extra battery pack that uses AA batteries. Mm Mm-hmm. I also have a small supply of Baofeng UV5R radios. Every once in a while, I just order one for the fun of it. (laughs) For a bit of thrill. (laughs) Charge the battery and install my repeater program, then box it back up and put it on the shelf for the future. (laughs) No, I was wrong. The VX6R is just the submersible handy talkie. It's not the uh, Swiss Army um, handy talkie. The Swiss Army handy talkie was like it did ten meters and six meters or stuff like that. It was crazy. Mike is heavily invested in Baofeng futures. He is. Yes. He is. <laughs> I have a chirp program that includes all the races and Aries repeaters in each county of the state I live in. Next on my wish list is to get a Mobilook. Uh, Mobilook. Mobilook. <laughs> MobiLink TNC3 that I watched Josh use on YouTube while demonstrating WinLink. Yeah, the more I show that thing, the more people are like, this thing's pretty sweet. So sweet. Not too sweet. Just. Oh, my God. (laughs) Thanks for all you two do for Ham Radio, Mike, KD9, BKU. Very cool. I I, You know, a while back, we determined that... uh, Baofengs were the currency of this podcast. <laughs> and I'm just wondering a bit here, as Mike sporadically buys Baofengs for the future, what's your Baofeng net worth, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> your net worth, yeah. <laughs> the next email is titled, Lightning Strikes and Near Misses. Last week, I had questions about... N- about lightning experiences. Okay. It was a part of the preparedness corner because we got lightning. Yes. Right? We did. And this is from Drew. Leah, you asked about listeners who had lightning strikes or near misses. We've also got, I've well, I've got two near misses and one theory on why there are a lot of near misses and fewer actual strikes than you might suspect. My first near miss happened my freshman year in high school. The sky had been broody all day, as it will frequently be on the East Coast. I knew we were supposed to get storms, but there was no rain yet, although the wind had picked up a little. As myself and a group of four friends were walking from the dormitory... Dormitory? What? He's in college. No, high school. What? Okay. Maybe it was a boarding school. Okay. 
As myself and a group of four friends were walking from the dormitory to the athletics complex, a route that took us up a sidewalk past another dorm, the area, uh, the area the sidewalk passed through was an open and grassy area with the exception of a half dozen or so tall hardwood trees. As we approached the in-between dorm, I felt the hair on my arms stand up. There were two trees near the side of the dorm and one door leading into the dorm. I quickly pulled the door open and shouted everyone in. I don't know if anyone else felt the same hair-raising feeling I did or if I just had such a history of random senseless acts of nonsense that everyone went with it, but no one hesitated. Mm. The heavy metal fire slash security door had just swung closed behind us when an ear splitting crash rattled the building around us. We stood there for a good minute, staring wide eyed at each other and trying to assess the status of our underwear before we cautiously stuck our heads out the door to discover one of the trees had a large stripe down the side where all the bark had been blown off by the lightning strike. Yeah, it's pretty wild if you see that. It blows off like a huge chunk of bark. I took time a few days later to step off the distance from the tree to the door. It was just under 15 feet right at five paces. Well, that was really more than close enough for me. Seriously. But it was not to be my only close call. Okay. This is That's, good for Halloween. This is yeah. like a real <laughs> Halloween vibe, particularly the way you're reading it. Leia, why is so scary? Why are you reading it so Lightning scary? is scary. <laughs> That's, oh, there's a horror movie in there somewhere. There is. That's there a is. horror movie. You do yeah. like horror stories and movies. I do like bad, like all movies, the bad ones are the best. And bad horror movies, <laughs> there are a lot of them. Oh, man, did we watch a bad movie last night, too? Yeah, we did. Try not to talk about it. Okay. Are you trying? No. You want yeah. To talk I about don't. It? I don't want to talk about it. Oh man. It's I. I don't want to encourage anyone to watch the movie in time with Justin Timberlake <laughs> and Amanda Seyfried <laughs> because the concept was so good and then it was so poorly executed. Lit. How many people were in that movie? So many people. How many people that are fantastic actors were in that movie? Cillian and Justin Murphy. Timberlake, not bad. Yeah. Not bad. Cillian Murphy from Peaky Blinders. He's fantastic. He's so and good. Pe yeah. He's so good. And then... He's an inception. Um, the guy who uh, was the real rat face smarmy guy <laughs> in Mad Men. And then Matt Bomer. Yeah, Matt Bomer. Yeah. And, and Amanda Seyfried, of course. She's fantastic. And the mom in the beginning is... What's her name? Oh, Olivia Wilde. There's so many people in this movie. So, so much talent. Justin Timberlake was just called, he was just pulled up his phone, like his contact list and just be like, hey, I'm doing a movie. You want to be on it? And like, how big's the script? I don't know, about like five lines. Yeah. <laughs> they don't make any sense, right? Absolutely not. There's so many plot holes in this movie. Yeah, it's and it's crazy. It's like a sci-fi thriller. Would you, would you call it that? I mean, it, uh, okay. Yeah. Mm. Keep going. Sorry to derail you, Drew. In 2018, <laughs> while I was building a trail in Western North Carolina, I had another close encounter. I was due for a week home, and lots of other folks on the crew had taken off. I went up the mountain alone to catch a back machine up to the front machine. 
What? I don't know what that means. Essentially, one machine used to cut a bench and the second used to finish the trail behind that. I figured it to be something like a half day work, which would still give me time to drive home and get a late supper. That worked well because it was also supposed to start raining sometime in the middle of the day. As it was overcast all morning, I didn't really notice the rain moving in as I was finishing up. The sound of the machine and my ear protection covering up the sound of intermittent rain drops hitting the top of the machine, but I noticed it immediately when I shut the machine down. I also began noticing the distinctly thick feeling air that goes along with an encroaching storm in that part of the world and noticed the trees on the ridge over my relatively sheltered location had started to bend a little. I started to clear out in a hurry. I collected my gear and jumped on the four-wheeler I was using to head back down the mountain. Yes, there I was, four miles from any kind of reasonable shelter, very close to the top of a mountain. In fact, traversing the top was the only way back down at that point. With the storm coming in, that, (laughs) that to my dismay even now had caught me by surprise. I was probably close to a mile from the top of the mountain, and the ridge above me was half a mile from where I was, and maybe a half a mile... I just lost my place. And maybe half a mile from the top of the mountain, a long 700 foot or so stretch of trail traversed this ridge. And at the end of the ridge, there was a large open rock that cut out almost the whole half mile to the top of the mountain. But the rock was steep and, of course, open. The skies (laughs) opened up upon me as I traversed the ridge and decided to take the shortcut. The rain was coming down just short of blinding, and I was soaked in seconds. One of those rains that was so hard, my boots started to fill up. As I climbed the rock on the four-wheeler for the second time in my life, I felt what I can only describe as hair standing on end, even though I'm certain it was too wet to actually stand up. My heart hit my throat, and I leaned way forward on the four-wheeler and gave it the beans. I've never heard that before. You know what I was going to say? This has been very suspenseful for that point. But when you say give it the beans, uh, it took me right out of the moment. I I right out. And I looked in the rear view mirror of my ATV. I know they don't have rear view mirrors. And staring back at me was the lightning. And then I woke up in a cold sweat and my wife shook me away, shook me and said, who was lightning? But I've never heard give it the beans. Is that a phrase? Yeah, absolutely. But that was the wrong for this wonderfully suspenseful story. I was like, I'm visualizing it. I'm seeing it like a picture Thank in my you. head That's right now. How you're Drew is a good writer. He is. See, you can envision but that, it. But give it the beans. <laughs> I've never heard that before. Leia, regardless of you not hearing it, as someone who has heard it, that was the wrong idiom to go with in that particular maybe moment. beans are also very suspenseful my atv began farting all of the way up the mountain okay and it scared the lightning away with this stinky aroma drew continues God, i want that was so I good too i was like so into it <laughs> I 
Seriously, I was like almost getting tunnel vision from just daydreaming about this situation because he had the imagery of like my boots were filling up from the rain. Like yes. this is such good, uh, such a good writer. Okay. Well, he might have done that on purpose. He might have <laughs> Drew continues, I wanted off this rock that was nearly on top of the mountain. Unfortunately, I had nowhere to go but up. Nevertheless, I went there as fast as I could, safety being a consideration nearly forgotten by this time, only to have the world go completely white around me and to be shaken down to my bones by a tremendous explosion of thunder. And that's when he knew... He <laughs> FM'd. <laughs> or he FM. It had hit somewhere behind me and only served to urge me on. On the way down the mountain, my trusty old camelback chose that day to give up the ghost. And somewhere along the way, I realized I'd left two aluminum water bottles and a handsaw at minimum on the trail behind me. I left it all there and kept going. The light hell took bent. Them. For leather to the maintenance shed where I had parked. Upon returning to work a week later, I discovered a large hickory tree no more than five feet from the trail at the end of the ridge where that big open rock was, mostly destroyed by the lightning bolt that had hit behind me that day. I slid off my ATV to f empty my boots and inside beans. <laughs> Drew, you could have died. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Drew, that was really dangerous. Wow. The common theme here is both times I've had close calls, I could feel it. I think the I think the takeaway is every time he's been in a situation, he gave it the beans. <laughs> <laughs> You're not gonna let it go. It, his ATV gave it, it the beans, which is the one we know because <laughs> yeah. he said it. But if we hearken back to the story previously, he gave it the beans to get everybody into the house. Yeah. <laughs> Why have I never heard this? Why have I never heard this? I don't phrase? know. <laughs> I just, I don't even know. Like, what the reference is, you know? Like, I really need a backstory. I'm going to look it up. Yeah. Uh, so, the, the common story is that Drew could feel it. If you ever had a chance to play with a Van de Graaff generator at school, you may be slightly familiar with the sensation, but your hair standing up because of that compared to prior a lightning strike is like the difference between thinking a jalapeno pepper is hot and taking a bite out of a Carolina Reaper. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Perhaps now that Josh has a better feeling for my requirements for a rugged HT per our off podcast discussion, which he can share if he wants. But for now, my two favorite parts of any email to the podcast. <laughs> First... Thank you both so much for the show. It continues to be entertaining, educating, and stimulating. Second, I get to sign off with my new call sign. Congrats, Drew. Congrats, Drew. Nicely done. I was looking up. So Urban Dictionary seems to be the, uh, the most uh, best description for this. And it is under give it the effing beans okay <laughs> a phrase used when someone is encouraging a peer to maximum effort 
<laughs> into a particular activity. <laughs> Giving it the beans implies the participant should, without doubt, nail the task ahead. The ultimate battle cry. But why beans? Should I down this pint of fine beer? Give it the effing beans, mate. I know. There you go. What? That doesn't explain why beans. <laughs> I don't know. I can't. Don't know. I got other. I, I will I will throw this um I, I remember this all the way from the beginning. My big surprising takeaway with the FT five, and it's such a dumb thing. I usually will have an HT strap to like the little loopy thing that's on a backpack strap. There's like mm -hmm. you know, a little strappy thing. Yeah. I'll hook an HT to it. All right. The strap, the, the the clippy thing is on the body of the radio most of the time. Well, with the FT five, it has a little sled that you snap in. You snap the sled in, and the radio disconnects from the sled. Oh. <clears throat> Meaning that the sled stays connected to the loopy thing on your backpack mm -hmm. strap, yeah. and you can just freely disconnect and reconnect the, the radio, fun. and it's really reliably clipped in. So that's been the, the best part of it. It was beautiful. So that was seriously my biggest takeaway. I think I mentioned it, but so yeah, all right. So was that your conversation about a rugged HT? That's what you recommended? to drew offline uh we did talk about the ft5 there are well there's a there's a couple of of rugged radios out there and i don't mean the rugged radio brand I right mean radios that are rugged <laughs> um and the ft5 is probably the one that is up there right now because again they're submersible and very effective gotcha um if you want to make it more rugged you know throw a screen protector on it maybe a case of some kind do the whole thing i think that would be good so. All right. Well, Drew signs off 73 Drew K04TWQ. Thank Congrats, you so Drew. much for nice sharing. Nice story, yeah. too. That I've, was, I mean, you. Josh saw the movie in his head. See, that's I what did. I did. Mean. I was visualizing it. It was, it was partially, it was mostly Drew's writing. It was it a is. lot of your, you know, giving it the right retelling. That's how I read oh, things. We in lost my head. it. We lost it on the beans. <laughs> <laughs> I say, he never man, got it back. I he couldn't never. get it back. I'm now completely disconnected. You're totally beaned. I'm totally. Be I'm, I'm going to start it's now. My new signature for my emails is I am not allergic to beans. <laughs> That's what I'm going to put. All right. The next email is titled "Sorry, Not Sorry." Excellent. And this is from Nathan, volunteer podcast co-producer, to Josh and Leah. I apologize. He said, "Sorry, not sorry." Yeah, but not sorry. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he says, I apologize. Josh said he expected an apology email for my question about uploading from Baofeng Radio to Chirp first. I knew the answer to what I was asking, but asked the question because it was a question I had when first trying Chirp more than a year ago. This harkens back to last week's live stream. And I hope Nathan knows I was just playing around. I wasn't yeah. <laughs> seriously looking for an apology. It is so you have the right format to enter your data correctly, so it will write correctly. Yeah. This, all right, that is all. And Nate signs off, K1MAZ, back to watching the live stream. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny when people are like i was watching your live stream and i thought hey it's a good time to email you for the podcast yeah exactly you know what note to self <laughs> but instead note to leia <laughs> 
All right. The next email is titled Question and Show Idea. Okay. And this is from Matthew. Hi, Josh and Leah. Josh, you have been popping up on my YouTube feed since the Mace Gun days and has been fun. Oh, my gosh. The Mace Gun. <laughs> I don't remember know. the Mace Gun. You were no. in. Well, you were you shot the Mace Gun. <laughs> remember, that was the one where I was like, these are these uh, pictures of all time traveling clones I from the future. Yeah, I, I don't. But I'm willing to do it again. I'm <laughs> can I mace gun something? <laughs> no, it was the inert. It was the inert can. It was like the test can. Oh, all right. Well, can we try it again with the real can? No. I just want to see the potency. Of well, you do have an old pepper. We do have an old pepper can, uh, an old true. cold steel yeah. uh, pepper. You could probably do that, but we got to go somewhere. We don't want to do that in the backyard. Oh, absolutely not. Just... Go to the neighbor's house. Yeah, <laughs> I've got the right house in the neighborhood to go to. You're right, we do. <laughs> We're kidding. Such a Karen. <laughs> We're kidding. Never do that. We would never do that. Never. Mm-mm. This is not evidence of an. And if somebody ends up doing that, which I am, I would not be surprised if somebody else in the neighborhood did this. There are probably many people thinking yeah, the same thing. Exactly. <laughs> Well, Matthew says, it has been fun to watch the channel grow and morph into the ham powerhouse it is today. Thanks for all you are doing. This house is powered by ham. (laughs) More like the ham is like sapping power. Yeah, this house is sucking all the power. It's literally (laughs) where power goes to die. It's not good. (laughs) All right. Well, hey, different strokes, right? I came to Ham Radio from the overlanding community and, with most things, jumped in with both feet. I used the Ham Test Prep app on my phone and just took the test until I was consistently passing tests at 100%. Wow. That's, Overachiever. Yeah. you. Yeah. I like it. Well, Good effort. Yeah. But you, you, you pass at 75%. While doing that, I used my Audible credits and got the Michael Burnett Fast Track books and listened to them on my commute. Good for you. After one month of review, I passed my tech and general. Ooh. That's a twofer. Congratulations, Matt. Congrats. Matthew, I'm sorry. So happy to hear that. I have a question and a show idea. Okay. I installed a FTM 400 XD with a diamond NMO lip mount and a diamond NR770HB NMO. I'm tuning the antenna with a nano VNA. I started with a slope from the left to the right on two meters that was serviceable at 1.1 to 1.6, but 70 centimeters was pretty bad at 2.5 to 2.7. Okay. After trimming almost an inch, uh, 1 16th to an 1 eighth inch at a time, I have a beautiful SWR of a low upward slope moving out from the center of the band on two meters at 1.2 to 1.4. But 70 centimeters seems to not changed at all. Just a wavy line over 2.5 along the band. Mm -hmm. Any ideas on getting 70 centimeters into a serviceable range? You probably can't. Why? Um, I'm assuming based off of the way the antenna is built, that's probably 
part of the upper or lower portion, depending on the, what was the diamond again? Uh, the diamond NR seven seven zero HBNMO, and that's that's with an FTM four hundred XD. Yeah. So let's. Uh, so I'm I'm not sure about this to be honest with you. I okay. So I'll I'll just I'll just put the cards on the table. I just buy the antenna, and if I can't adjust it with the set screw then that's just where I leave it. I don't cut oh. parts of the antenna off. I just adjust it, and if it's got... There's a set screw at the bottom of the antenna. I'll, I'll loosen it, adjust a little bit, set it, and check it. Just tune for the lowest you can get on two meters, and 70 centimeters doesn't change. Like, that's just kind of what it's at. Um, I don't mess with that, Oh, you can't, personally. You can't adjust for 70 centimeters? No, you, you, <sighs> you probably should have seen something. So I'm not sure what's going on exactly. I would have to see it in person. That one I can't really answer because I don't really mess with um, mobile antennas. I kind of run them the way they come out of the package. Okay. Unless, I'm, unless I'm building a two-meter antenna or building a 70-centimeter antenna. Mm -hmm. If I'm buying like an off-the-shelf one, I may check it, maybe adjust it, and then that's it. That's the way I run it. Because it's you're not going to cause a problem to your radio. The radio is going to tell you if it doesn't like the SWR. Okay. You're you're probably fine for 70 centimeters. Okay. Well, Matt. But feel free to email yeah. me if, you, you know, other people email, jump in there, what you guys did. But um, I don't know. That one, I'd almost have to buy one just to do that. I'm actually curious about that. I might do that. Well, looks like Matt has that provided may have to be a two video. show ideas. Yeah, that might have to be a video. Matt continues, as far as the show idea, I'd love to see a coax episode. I've found plenty of videos on radios and antennas, but nothing on coax. Welcome to the most boring live stream of Hamburger Crash Course history. <laughs> coax and coax is Co an accessory. Coax and coax accessories. No, but coax is an accessory. <laughs> coax is an accessory, so this is an accessory to your accessory. <laughs> These are zip ties. Coax and coax accessories. <laughs> I have been trying to set up a home shack and I'm just perplexed by coax. I finally figured to use LMR 400 for a UHF VHF, but after that, I'm lost. Would be great to see an episode on coax to use for what bands, running coax, breaching walls, adding connectors, waterproofing, everything you need to know to get okay, from radio to the antenna. That's a good coax video. That, okay, you, you you sold me on that one when you started adding the waterproofing and all that stuff. Yeah. Like that's that's actually a good video. If we're so, just talking about the different types of coax, that's like boring. I feel like coax is actually mentioned quite often because I remember uh, different mentions on Ham Nation um, from uh, I forgot who was doing who was talking. Well, we about just talked about it tonight. Yeah, we we. Tim, Tim Duffy, Duffy from DX Engineering talked he, about he it. He told tonight. about he told us about his favorite patch. So this is actually that was enlightening for me because that is something I have worried about. Is I use LMR four hundred, which is a big boy thick cable that you run from your kind of into your shack to the antenna. You're not running that as a jumper cable, and so then he told us what he uses for his jumper cable, and I totally forgot. But <laughs> I own the video, so I'm going to go back and, and look it up and figure out what it is. But that's, um, yeah, I like, I, like, I like where he went with that. That's yeah, a good clarification. There's, there's lots of bits and pieces everywhere about coax, but 
Matthew's right. There's not one whole video, I don't think, because people probably thought like you did initially. There's nothing more boring than talking about coax. There's nothing more boring than talking about coax. <laughs> Matthew, it sounds like you're going to get your show, though. Yeah, I'm like making notes right now. Yeah. Matthew signs off. Thanks for the show and keep up the good work. 73 Matthew EMTP K-E-8-M-I-H. Thank you, Matthew. The next email is a follow-up on a past email titled Priorities. And this is mm. from Scott. Okay. Hi, Josh and Leah. Thank you for the advice in prioritizing the amateur extra exam over learning Morse code and reply to my email on the September 3rd podcast, 107. I downloaded the Fast Track audiobook on the 15th, purchased the ARRL manual on the 17th, and hit hamstudy.org hard. Good for you. On that podcast, Leah said... The next time you write in, I'd love to hear that you got your extra. Oh. Josh, smash that like Here button. Here we go. <laughs> smash that like button. I don't know why I said that. Smash that congratulations button. It's the codex from Metal Gear. Okay. Congratulations, Scott. Scott says, I just passed my exam through Glarg. Yeah, congrats. Thank you very much for the motivation. Very good. And I, the more I thought about that, like I, I had that same quandary where I was like, should I go for learning Morse code or getting my extra? And I, I realized pretty quickly, it's like, no, actually learning Morse code is really hard. Yeah. But also all the bands. <laughs> yeah. I mean, getting all the bands out of the way is then like, you're good. You're, you're free. You, yeah. You're free. You can do what mm -hmm. you want. I mean, within the limits of your, your privileges. But uh, then you've got as much time as you want to learn Morse code. Mm -hmm. And it's actually something that is it is as good if you take your time with it or if you power right through it. In some cases, you're, you might be better off if you kind of just had like an even keel kind of approach to learning Morse code. Is there a TV show you could watch that's just in Morse code? It's just all Morse code. Yeah. Just people hammering out the code to each yeah. other angrily like it's a, it's a political argument show. Yeah, They're just all hammering over each other. So confusing. Scott says, I've been... It's called Lid Chat. Oh, yikes. <laughs> <laughs> I've been a Patreon supporter of yours for the last year and a half, and I'd like to encourage anyone who is not a supporter to consider it, as I feel it is some of the best content co to consume, and it is always teaching me something or encouraging me to try new things. Oh, thank that you. That is so nice. I, I mean, that's exactly what I want to do with it. I mean, it, that's kind of the point of the live streams is to bring new and interesting things to people. And, you know, I, that's very nice. Thank you so much. They're very kind words. Josh is, Josh is over here like, I just, I feel so appreciated. I don't know what to do with these feelings that I'm feeling right now. What are these feelings? Scott signs off 73, Scott, KN6IHC slash AE. Congratulations, Scott. I am so happy to hear from you and so quickly, too. Yeah, he was killing yeah. it. Well done. The next email is titled Radios for Kids. And this is from Cody. Hi, Josh and Leia. First, thanks for all the great content. I really enjoy hearing the positive conversations about Radio Plus Plus. <laughs> yes, indeed. Thank you. Recently, I've been asked to talk about ham radio at our daughter's grade school. 
I have two questions for your consideration. Mm -hmm. I wondered if you had a recommendation for a cheap handheld in which the TX could be locked out so the kids could try fox hunting. To the budget question, I'll be buying the radios two to three, so cheaper uh, cheaper is easier. Mm. I mean, fox you, hunting. You can just go with the Baofeng and program it with a bunch of frequencies that the fox will, or the frequency the fox will be on, and that's the only frequency. And you set it into memory mode, throw a piece of duct tape over the over the buttons, and you make it so that channel can't transmit. Mm, that's a good idea. I mean, that's. That's a simple way of doing it. Okay. If you throw black duct tape over the top of the radio, people probably aren't going to mess with it. All right. Well, the second question is, given COVID and social distancing, a teacher asked if it would be possible to do some radio activity remotely. I thought a, a couple affordable rec uh, receivers that a kid could check out might be a fun option. Mm -hmm. Do you have any recommendations for an affordable receiver that is also kid accessible? Oh. SDRs <laughs> seem a bit too complex. Yeah. This uh, is the challenge in all of ham radio. Yeah. Everything's complex. It's right? so, and, and that is a huge barrier to entry mm -hmm. for ham radio. Yeah, because the example I have, which I think is a good one, is that you, so I did this, by the way, I did a talk at a YMCA, and I used my phone, and I took a picture of the class, everybody's waving, I took a picture of the class, then I used the phone to transmit SSTV tones through a Baofeng, mm -hmm. which then was picked up by a receiver, okay, and displayed on my laptop. That's very cool. So that's like picture messaging without... AT&T or anyone else involved, right? It was just radios. Sure. Right. I think he's thinking about allowing a, a kid to check out a receiver. Oh, this is free. I'm so stupid. Uh, WebSDR. Oh. Give them the links to WebSDR and tell them to go nuts. They have a worldwide SDR map. Oh, that's a good idea. That they can click on any one of those stations in any part of the country and they can hear the local radio in that country and if web sdr is not their jam kiwi sdr which is a similar system mm -hmm. um, and they can play around with that to their heart's content and and you can tell them you cannot break this oh yeah you cannot break this have fun that's true and you know honestly Cody, I, I, why am i, I so stupid that, that's the best answer just get the kids on the web sdr I think that kids are actually much more adaptable to technology. Oh, I guarantee it. Yeah. You know, I am constantly surprised at what the kids are able to do just on their own. The kids these days. Today, Edison added a sound to a video game he made on a programming app on his own. What? And he, yeah. And so he was running the program, and then I hear his voice come out of it. And I'm like, did you do that? Because he hasn't been in programming class in, I don't know, a couple months now. Mm -hmm. And he was like, yeah, I did this, and now this guy does this when you do this. And then I'm like, what? Cool. He's like, I understand if then this or. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, there's it's more than that in the, mm -hmm. in the little programming app they have, but. I was impressed, and I think uh, you will be surprised at what they can do uh, with a web SDR. 
And it be well, no, I mean, I, I would just give them the web STR and tell them to go nuts. Yeah, like, yeah. just here you go. Um, I mean, you can always, if if it would be okay for you to do a demonstration in class, you could bring in a crystal radio kit. Oh, they have them at scout stores. And and build the crystal radio. Mm-hmm. You might want to buy a little nicer one that you can, and I can't give you a specific one um, because they kind of are hit and miss. I don't know if those kits are like the best. The problem with the crystal sets is they require a crystal earpiece um, or a, an earpiece that's specifically designed to work with that kit. So it's, it doesn't necessarily connect to a speaker. So you would have to look into a kit that had an output that you could connect like a speaker to it or something mm-hmm. like that. And those probably exist, but you need to look into that. I don't have the answer for that one. Okay. Well, Cody signs off. Oh, and the S- WSU Creamery, home of Cougar Gold Cheese, oh, yeah. also makes great ice cream. I bet. The apple cup crisp is like eating apple pie a la mode, but it's all ice cream. Yeah, Thanks, awesome. and 73's Cody, KC7FMM. We do love them cougs. We not do. for anything they do in the athletic region. No, so, not at I all. I don't know what they Just, do in sports ball. We, we don't know what sports ball is. Yes. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's cheese. It's cheese and dairy specifically that we yes. uh, support the kooks. I will cheer for them in any sports ball because of their We're just watching them dairy. like, yeah, yeah, add the Renin. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's going to curdle. I know. You know, I know. He's making the curds. Look at that way. You got a foam finger. It's a cheese. It's a cheese. We'd have to get it from uh, from uh, Wisconsin, <laughs> but that's, that's we have fine. cheese heads on. Yeah, <laughs> that's what you meant. I think the cheese head. Is they there. also have cheese head fa- uh, che- cheese hands. I think they do. I think so. I don't know. I've never been, but if I were Wisconsin, I would do that. <laughs> Hear me out. Here's our swag or the things, the merch you can buy. You know, <laughs> you've heard of cheese head. <laughs> What about, cheese hands. What about cheese whole body? <laughs> it's a foam costume we sell. Uh, it's uh, four feet in diameter. <laughs> if you buy it, you get to sit in a special cheese zone. <laughs> I'm in. Where the seats are three and a half feet wide. <laughs> I'm in. But you look like a cheese. <laughs> You really got to bat away all the rats, too. It's a real big problem. That's right. Because it's made of cheese. It's made of cheese. And that's okay, because that's what's causing (laughs) It's cold. It holds up. My favorite ice cream. You're a charcuterie man. (laughs) There's no meat. Charcuterie. You're wearing it. You're a human. You. I'm saying you're wearing a huge. You are the meat in the the shirt. That's dark. (laughs) That's. Whoa. (laughs) I don't know. This turned into a Saw movie really fast. (laughs) So, my favorite non Baskin Robbins ice cream is from Brewster's, and I don't even know if Brewster's is everywhere. It's probably from the Midwest, I think. I think it is, actually. But they make a key lime pie ice cream that is so good. It has the these crust pieces, the graham cracker crumblies, mm-hmm. weaved throughout the key lime ice cream. Oh, it's so good. But I imagine that this Cougar Gold's 
apple cup crisp is very much like that, but apple pie flavored. So I, I guess I'm going to have to go to Washington. I mean, I'm going to go back. Go. I got to go back. I got to go back. <laughs> Thank you so much, Cody. I hope that answered your questions and really great job getting young kids into ham radio. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for your efforts. Oh, no. Brewster's is just California. Oh, wow. I was wrong. Never mind. Sorry. But, uh, it's really good. It's all South Bay. Really? Mm -hmm. There are so many locations. Yeah, it's all here. I'm so sorry, everybody, for that recommendation that you sorry, cannot get. everybody else. There's one. Unless in you are in California. They're all over the place. Cerritos. There's one in Cyprus and Seal Beach. I know. Huntington that's Beach, why I'm Orange, saying they're Torrance. everywhere. Yeah. Well, around us. Yeah. It's like the new uh, Penguins yogurt or TCBY. No, that those were all what? nationwide, weren't they? Yeah. We went through a lot of frozen treats in our lifetime. <laughs> I was never really big in the first wave of frozen yogurt. It wasn't my thing. Yeah. Because I, I was already in the Baskin Robbins game. You're deep into the ice yeah, cream I mean, game with we, Kermit. No, I mean, we had we had Froyo, but like not about like that much Froyo. That's like mm. too much. The Until like the total tart frozen yogurt hit the scene with the pink berry. Yeah, the Korean frozen yogurt. That was, that was pretty sweet. Yeah. Adding the fruit and all that stuff too. That was that was a revelation. That was that was I'm into it. Yeah. Yeah. I think I might have some tomorrow. That's <laughs> Are Pinkberry still around? No, but there's yogurt land oh, okay. which has the the tart ice cream ish froyo. The next email is titled Josh, get your button ready. Okay. And this is from Jack. Hello, Leanne Josh. I first want to thank you again for all you both do for Ham Radio. I also want to thank you both for all the encouragement you give to everyone still learning and preparing to test. Not a problem. This yeah. is like the easiest part of everything is like people being super jazzed about Ham Radio. Yeah. I it's mean, awesome. my only real contribution is making it look like anybody could pass. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> after I think I, you're selling yourself short. I think after you a year of failing at a test, I will suddenly pass it. <laughs> that is. That was, <laughs> what was our favorite trope with like cooking uh, shows? Like, oh, you put it in the oven for 45 minutes, and oh, looks at I have another oven that has completely <laughs> done uh, a terrine. <laughs> Like Julia you didn't Child. cook that. That you that was all done already. Do you not smirch Julia Child? You could do that. She was a spy, don't you know that? You could do that Our with uh, Sandra baby. Lee if you want to. You want to make fun of her? Go ahead. <laughs> you leave Julia Child alone. You, you can make fun of basically anyone in America. Rachel Ray. Fine. <laughs> She's I not. don't care. <laughs> Yeah. Also, you stay away from Ina Garden. Just <laughs> she's a she's a national treasure. You leave her alone. I never really understood her. Also, you can hate on Bobby Flay all day and all night. He's actually finally he, leaving the Food Network. I think he's like, I think people hit him too hard. I think they came at Bobby Flay too hard. We did not. <laughs> we came at him at the right amount <laughs> that he deserved. <laughs> 
Okay. I, this man I think the, built the, a career on going out to mom and pop shops that were famous at things and then trying to beat them. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. <laughs> and then he stood on the table at... Um, he stood on a cutting board at Iron Chef. Yeah, that's... Of the disrespect. Was it the original Iron Chef too? Was <sighs> it the one in Japan? Or was yes. it the Iron Chef America? Because nobody cares if he stands on the American I think it was board. Iron Chef Japan. Yeah, so that's that's not... that's. It still Chairman angers Kaga. me to the... I have seen so many <laughs> videos slamming him for this. Yeah. And every time I see one, I go, I will never forgive him for this. <laughs> every time. I call it on every single. It's still fresh. It's still too fresh. <laughs> Chairman Kaga's going to hit him with a kendo stick <laughs> after he eats a bell pepper. Oh, man. Bobby Flay deserves it. Talk up about him. You leave Julie Child alone. Okay. Oh, here we go. What? Wait, why did I make her sound like Mario right now? What did I do? What was that? It's a me. It's a me, Mario. It's a me, Julia Child. What? Why? I told you to leave her alone. <laughs> Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Jack says, that being said, I went to a local tailgate ham fest this weekend and took my test for technician. And yes, I passed. Yay. Good job, buddy. Congratulations, Jack. I am still waiting for the FCC to send me my call sign. They said with the holiday Monday, they are backed up. Go figure. Just my luck. Your license is in one of those uh, shipping crates. It's on the uh, ships <laughs> off the shore of California. <laughs> I'm so sorry to tell you. I'm so sorry to tell you. <laughs> so tonight I went to a local ham club in Ashland, Kentucky with the intent to join the club. They were testing. And even though I only had a couple of days to focus on studying for my general, I decided to go ahead and give it a shot. I passed. What? Wow. Wow. So not quite back to back, double, but close. Oh, that was so well done, Jack. That's exciting. That's pretty awesome. Now it's time to decompress and let it all sink in. You literally had so little time to live within the confines of tech. <laughs> you just, you were like, you know what? This is dumb. I want more HF bands. It's not, geez, Leia, it's not dumb. <laughs> no, I didn't say, I'm a tech. You know what? I, I own this. I, I understand what it is to oh, be a tech. On. Come on. And not be able to just go to your ham shack and do whatever you I could want with VHF USB. about. You have a VHF radio that you can just go in there and turn it on and use it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> well, Nobody's stopping you. Well, Jack continues. I also have a quick merch idea. A challenge coin. I'm so sorry, Jack. This has been recommended already yes many a time yes it when i have more bandwidth to kind of put towards hey Leo, uh, a maybe when you get your general you'll mm. have more bandwidth <laughs> will becoming a general give me more time is that is that for real <laughs> no <sighs> all right well HOCC logo on one side and then the other side is your license grade technician general or extra just a thought yeah no it's a great idea we love all the we love all those ideas and we do want to make challenge coins we're just not 
there right now. All of the like the metal based um, products like enamel pins, mm-hmm. um, all of those require like nobody's printing on demand those like you got to have a mold made. Yeah. You have to work with a shop that will make them for you and do the whole thing. And then you've got to order in a certain quantity. Mm-hmm. And I really hate sitting on merchandise. <laughs> yeah, is. for sure. Yeah. yeah, and I understand. We just... It's it's extra, actually, when they give you the time turner. That's the, that's the secret. I wasn't supposed to say anything, but that's, that's how you get it. Is it true? Yeah, that's how you get it. The kids broke my time turner. Yeah. <laughs> no, the, the one we the one we give you actually works though. Works on RF. It's great. That's why I'm so tired all the time. Because <laughs> I'm actually living five lives at one time. Man, if that were the case today, today I'm doing it. I'm, I'm going to drop everything, cram right now. All right. Well. Jack signs off. Thanks again. And 73's Jack waiting for a call sign. But yes, I made it. Leia, it's your turn. Oh, man. Congratulations. Well, one more one more level of license and you get a time turner, Jack. That's it. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm so happy for you. Yeah, congratulations. That's awesome. Well done. The next email is titled, Serial, 10 Codes, Preparedness, and More. And this is from Brian, Josh and Leah. First, I wanted to weigh in on the breakfast cereal discussion. (laughs) Your subject line told me you might. (laughs) I will eat whatever cereal, but never with milk or water or any liquid. Wait, water? Who's doing water? Um, Brian, I really challenge you to some grape nuts. Okay. <laughs> Dry grit. No, I take that back. Dry grit nuts is fine. No, you want What's some a- grit? Have you ever got some pea gravel and you're like, that looks good? What is that? What's that twig cereal? No, even twig? the twig cereal. What are you fine. talking about? There's like this wheat brand cereal that comes out in twigs. Mucinex? No, no. No, uh, oh, no. Mucinex is a decongestant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a cereal, though. As a kid growing up, I never cared for the skim or 1% milk that we had in the house. I understand that that's probably very much like water. I grew up with the 2% for sure. So, no, 1%. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. That 1% really made a difference. 2% is double the milk fat. (laughs) That's That's not that much different. I don't think that full fat milk is like that big of a percentage of fat. I don't think the jump is that high. When you can't see through the milk anymore, yeah. I'm assuming it's better. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, I only give the kids whole milk, but that's because they're skinny minis. <laughs> and vitamin D, vitamin yeah. D whole milk. <laughs> kids diseased? Scurvy? <laughs> what is this? It's uh, vitamin D with um, omega. <laughs> There's like fish omega oil crammed three. in it. <laughs> And what else is it? Uh, sometimes I get the grass-fed one. I think it tastes a little different. The kids don't care, though, so I stopped buying the uh, fancy The bougie, cheese. the bougie yeah. milk, yeah. All right. So, so Brian got used to eating dry cereal. It wasn't terribly... It wasn't a terribly enjoyable experience, probably why I moved to oatmeal and eggs for breakfast now. 
I love oatmeal and eggs. That is, if Just I, so everybody understands, though, she is putting the egg on the oatmeal. Yeah. It's a savory oatmeal. Yeah. With, yeah. With some, like, sauteed greens, you know? And sometimes yeah, I, I'm, a little bit I'm, of cheese. I'm just throwing it out there. I don't think most people are talking oatmeal the same. And then, like... The same game. They're not doing the same like oatmeal game sauce. you're doing it. Yeah, like I know. A, like a chili I know oil. what you do. I know what you do. It's delightful. It is. And if you haven't tried it... Just trust me on this. But it has to be a crispy fried egg. I cannot emphasize that enough. Yeah, people don't, don't understand <laughs> the crispy fried egg. It's got to be like searing hot oil. You drop the... It still has to be a runny yolk, but it has to be a crispy flange. It's a, around the, the it's white a sunny gets side up yeah. egg yep. where the yep. egg white gets crispy. Mm -hmm. It's... Uh, that's, maybe I'm having that for breakfast tomorrow. <laughs> Just talking about it. All right. Well, in one of the previous week's episodes, public safety workers were compared to ham radio operators in terms of both groups' experience in using radio to communicate. Josh had said that a difference between the groups would be using 10 codes and the other codes to communicate. Since disasters like the 35 West Bridge collapse in Minnesota in 2007, there was a push to move communication to quote-unquote plain language over codes. During that disaster, multiple agencies, departments, and sets of codes were involved in the response. Awesome. It was found that plain language improved communications, and thus it was made a priority moving forward. That's, that makes, makes total sense. Total sense. Yeah. Yep. Less having so. By the way, that gets judged on how often the message has to be retransmitted, because oh, the other side can't copy. I see. And not can't copy because of technical difficulties with the radios not sounding good or something like that. It's just not a good copy audio quality wise. Mm -hmm. But it's a listenable copy. The message was heard, but the information was not conveyed, and it had to be retransmitted. A lot I of see. times, that's what the calculations are done on i'm not sure in this case but a lot of times that's how they're done i see i recently drove up to the north shore of lake superior for some camping and poda mm -hmm. it was a great break from work as i work in ems and this pandemic has been taxing i bet Matt, thank you so much for all of your work seriously i mean that's life-saving work on a daily basis and sometimes that's not life-saving and that's yeah, why it makes it really hard too. i bet yeah, yeah. POTA has been a valuable way to break the work-home work pattern. It has been a primary motivator to get out and active more and enjoy the outdoors while still doing nerdy things and has been beneficial to my mental health. I managed 55 QSOs with 15 being via FT8 and got the top activator position for K2488 Gooseberry Falls State Park. Good for you. Congratulations. Good for you. That's and I'm so glad that you're finding a way to like wrap in the the physical activity along with the passion for ham radio. So it, it really kind of gamifies everything, right? Oh yeah. It's well, it is I mean, okay, well, we're going to we're going to mention Sterling. Hey Sterling. Sterling said, "Wait. Ham radio is a game." Hey, Sterling. He said ham radio is a game. <laughs> ham radio is a game, and it's really fun. When you think about ham radio, sometimes it's played in a way that people take points, and then they add those points up, and then they, that's how they get the top 10 or the highest in the board that they're yeah. working on. And it's a contest, but also, if you thought of it as a video game, it's just like a game yeah. in that 
they... Like Brian, you can be a top activator for K2488 Gooseberry Falls State Park. <laughs> in that they are using ham radio to have a competition of how many QSOs they can have. Sorry, 1X listeners. I just recently listened to the podcast on 2X. And you laugh like a chipmunk. The whole thing. I mean, it's still understandable. But... Yeah, I don't know how Sterling does that. That's that's crazy talk to me. I, I think right. he said 1.5X and that's probably... No, he said 2X. That's he crazy. is 2X. That yeah. is crazy. His mind just works faster than mine, I guess. <laughs> Let's just say he watched a lot of Rescue Rangers growing up. <laughs> All right. Well, Brian continues. While driving up, there were multiple locations where I had very little cell reception. Somewhere along the interstate state highway, as well as in the park. This was a great reminder that being prepared often means redundancy. Mm, we were just talking about that. <laughs> Having radios increases the chances of being heard if you need help. This experience has also gotten me thinking of buying a mast for HF wire antennas. And so I can put up a roll-up J-pole at the top to leverage two-meter voice or APRS to communicate in an emergency or event setting. Yes. In a non-emergency setting, I can use it to spot myself for POTA when I can't otherwise get to the internet or do some SMS texting through APRS SMS gate to stay in contact with the girlfriend. I'm eyeing the two, the 40 plus foot mass as packed size isn't a factor for me, Ooh, but uh, haven't so he's purchased already going the direction. anything yet. Excellent. He's already going the direction I was going to say. So since he's mobile, he might want to think about um, a rollover antenna mast oh so it's a little plate that you set on the ground and you roll one of your tires over it which basically makes it like a firm fixed spot that you can put an antenna mast into mm. and then to make them the same diameter as the push-up poles so if he's got a 40 foot push-up pole mm -hmm. man you could do a lot of work with that you i mean obviously you can do vhf uhf sure why not but the HF, so just think if you, you know, when you decide to get it or you're doing HF or whatever, you can run your NFED half wave off that. You can run whatever you want off of that. The the rollover, particularly if you're mobile based, the rollover um, mount for antennas, super awesome. Not very heavy. They don't take up a lot of space. It's great. So I would totally recommend that. All right. A question for Josh. Okay. In my car, a Subaru Crosstrek, my Kenwood two meter mobile. Wait, Subaru Cross-track. Okay, okay, I'm listening. Okay. My Kenwood 2-meter mobile wagon. is connected to a lip-mounted antenna on the passenger side of my hatch, such that the whole antenna is above the roof line. I use my FT3 connected to a 2-meter quarter-wave mag-mount antenna on the opposite corner of my car's roof for beaconing APRS. I've noticed that when the FT3 beacons and my mobile is scanning, the latter will pick up the signal. Yeah. Are there two meter filters I can buy or build for my mobile rig to avoid overloading my mobile radio? Yes, you can do that. One of the things that was always told to me is shift the vertical plane of those antennas and that may help out your situation. So that may require bringing one of the antennas lower 
or bringing one of the antennas higher or vice versa. And that seems to help. That might attenuate some of the signals um, of one of the antennas, probably the one that you pull down lower. But maybe that's not a problem in, in your situation. Well, he's asking about two meter filters. Mm. Uh, maybe something he can buy or build. Because he doesn't want to overload his mobile radio. Mm. I'm assuming he means from the APRS signal. I'm guessing that's what he means. He said that he noticed that when FT3 beacons yeah. and his mobile is scanning, the latter will pick up the signal. So let's also put this put this into perspective a little bit. Yes, you have your FT3 going into a, a, nice, a nicer antenna. Your FT3 is probably not putting out much power. It's probably like 5 watts or whatever. Um, so I, I had the same problem, and... I just moved the antennas around a little bit, mitigated it some, and then just got on my with my life. <laughs> okay. I, I really didn't I really didn't think about putting a choke on it or in this case a filter is what you would need. You can look into it. You could look into APRS filters, in fact. Let me Okay, well I'm gonna go on to yeah, Brian's merch idea. Um, on a pint glass or tumbler, have the HRCC logo along with a graduated scale on the side. The top end would be labeled QRO and the bottom of the scale labeled QRP. Alternatively, a shot glass or toothpick holder could be labeled simply QRP. <laughs> that's really good. Wait, wait, wait. So the shock, the, uh, let's go back to the pint glass because that's the that's the winner, I think. Right. It's it's like a graduated the top, scale. The, the top, top would, part says mm -hmm. qrm or QRO, qro yeah and then the bottom says qrp yes yes yeah okay well, yes sounds like this that's, is cool that's happening and you're getting one Brian. and then like the logo can be in the middle or something yeah sure. or it could be for it would be like a graduated cylinder well no there's not i mean that's sure you could do that so it looks but like we don't know what qro starts at we could just say 1500 and just go down to zero sure all right yeah that's cool Okay. Well, it sounds like that's happening. Uh, probably not this weekend. Why not? Because I'm so busy working on a deadline. Why not, though? I have been getting so little sleep between working and the kids being sick. <laughs> <laughs> them being home means I have to homeschool them. Yeah. So if you want to do something like this, you could do... Uh, okay. Hold on. We got one more thing. I'm looking this up. Okay. You, so you could do like a 70 centimeter bandpass filter. Look up a 70 centimeter bandpass filter. You can definitely make one. Um, put a put a basically you're you're gonna you're going to do you're gonna put the filter on the 70 centimeter side, and you're going to use that filter to suppress everything higher and lower than what you're trying to listen to. Okay. So it's going to be a filter. That's specifically designed for 70 centimeters. So that's what you probably should look at. So you get you get the APR, the two meter APRS out of your out of your way, if you will. I don't know that it even with a really good filter that you're gonna mitigate that completely though. You still might pick up some of it, to be honest with you, but I don't think you're gonna damage your radio necessarily. So go okay. ahead, look up bandpass filters. And you can definitely build those. There's uh, kits all over the place for that. Or just you know, project builds. Sure. Plans. Well, Brian signs off. Thank you both for your contribution to the community. Brian, K-E-0-R-I-Y.
There you go. Well, thank you so much for the information on the public safety workers, your work as an EMS. Is appreciated. And hopefully Josh answered your questions. Hopefully. Well, the next email is Jack from the email before Brian's with radio and antenna suggestions question. Hello, Leah and Josh. Now that I've passed my general, it's time to start saving for the shack. Okay. I have a Baofeng UV5R for now, but plan on upgrading as finances allow. Mm -hmm. I just watched your live stream on how to find the best place for a ham radio antenna at your home. A very informative video. Oh, that's the one where we did the 3D shots. That was really fun. Mm-hmm. People sent me 3D pictures of their uh, their house area, and then we talked. We I drew on the iPad where I think they should put an antenna up. That was that was really. We got to do that again. That well, really you're fun. in for a treat because I've got pictures. <laughs> okay. Being new to ham radio, I have many questions and also want to make good financial decisions about gear. Uh-huh. Budget is flexible, as in the more it costs the longer before I can get it. So cheaper, the better with possible upgrades later. I'm thinking of saving for either the Shegu G90 or the Yesu FT891. Both seem good choices for first shack radios and could be portable. Your Mm -hmm. thoughts? Both. So everything you said is true. They work for a home and they work for a portable setup. Mm Mm-hmm. The difference is is that you get a tuner with the G90, but it's limited to 20 watts output, and the A91 is 100 watts output. Because you said portable, see, this is these are all those questions that's like we we kind of have to have like a back and forth a little bit. Like, please do join the Discord, by the way, and 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 uh, have these discussions with people because that is a brain trust. Seriously, on the Discord. Because what what what. There's already questions upon questions that I'm thinking in my head that I have to understand before I say, like, this is the direction you should go. Because if you come back and tell me, like, oh, I'm going to go portable 20% of the time, and then we we put the reality factor on that, and then really that's 10% of the time, then all of a sudden it's like, well, you do, re- do you really need a portable radio? Maybe not. Maybe that's a future radio. I don't know, right? This is a hypothetical person I'm talking about, not not the person we're talking to right now. So the A91 is is a POTA favorite because it's 100 watts output and it is portable. The problem is is that it's it's got a very clunky interface. I I I use it in my car. I like it in in simple radio things, doing single sideband, Morse code, that kind of stuff. But if you want to go into digital and all those things, you can do that with the A91. But it's kind of a pain, and so that's the that's the problem that that you have to you, you have to understand it and you have to f- decide if that's mm-hmm. going to be a big problem for you or not because you're talking about mitigating that with money basically that's kind of what sure. it comes down to is you have to buy a little adapters and little devices that help you bridge the gap for doing digital and all that other fun stuff well there might be some information later in this email okay that might be helpful oh great okay, okay. As for an antenna, I'm lost. I have a nice backyard, but power lines come from a pole in the alley to meter base on the back of the house near the back door. Power lines also run in the alley just above my chain link fence. The house is one side, 
One side is two-story with a garage apartment in the rear. I also have no trees to use and no HOA. I'm unsure of any city ordinances, but I can address that if need be later. I hope to put the radio on the back room of the far right of the house, looking from the rear. There is a one-story ranch with a metal roof. I do have attic access, but with a metal roof, I I didn't think that would work. I also have a garage, which is connected to the house by an enclosed breezeway, as I call it. Yes, when I looked at Google Earth before we went and looked at the house, I couldn't figure out what they had done. I have enclosed pics from top and side angles. My house is the one with the red roof. Thanks for any help and input you can provide. And yes, I'm still waiting for my call sign, Jack. I'm going to hand my iPad to you so that you can look at the pictures. And then maybe that'll shed some light on what a good radio might be for the setup that goes with the antenna. And Josh is scrolling through. Okay. I can't see the power lines. That's what really worried me. I think if you keep scrolling down, I think there's quite a few pictures that might be helpful. Okay. I'm assuming the car in the white in front of the white house is, so there's an alleyway in the back. I see a power line. Okay. Eh, See, I don't know where the lines go off that power line, though. That's kind of concerning. Yeah. Okay. So you could you could mount an antenna on your roof, like a dipole. You could you could put like a some kind of mast, probably on what is the back side of the house. Mount some kind of mast, and then have a dipole, fan dipole, like an inverted V dipole that goes to. I can't tell what's north or south, so I'm going to look at it from the picture vantage point of the north side is the upper side of the picture. So you could put the mast in the middle of the back of your house vertically as high as you can get it, mount it to the eaves and you know mount it to the ground appropriately. And then you could do an inverted V with the uh, leg going north as the picture is north and south to where the other side of the house is. You could do it. You could do a multi-pan dipole, no problem there. You could also put a DX Commander in the backyard. You could do um, an NFED half wave that way too with the mast on the side of the house. I'm, I'm hoping there's space there. You could do something like that. It, it's kind of hard to tell. I see the breezeway thing that he was talking about though. So that makes sense. Th- this, is, uh, this is one of those ones where you almost have to talk to the person in this case. Okay. Because there's no trees. And the trees often help mitigate a lot of things. And I don't know, because I can't tell with the the 3D picture that he has, the satellite picture, where the power lines are actually coming into the home. I see. And we can't drop an antenna on the power line, right? Right. We can't drop an antenna or a mast on a power line. That's not acceptable. So where where do they come in? Where do they meet? What do they connect to? Did he mention where that connects to? I know Mm. he mentioned power lines, so maybe I missed it. Let me see. Um... The power lines run in the alley just above the chain link fence. Yeah, no, he said um, power, but how does it get to your home? That's, I don't think he mentioned. So that's that's what concerns me. How does it feed your home? Because you inevitably have a, a feed line connection, you know, from your service provider to your uh, power meter and all that. So, so Jack, yeah, I think maybe you join the Discord. Yeah, I, I think you got to join the Discord and ping me. Um, you'll you'll see me when you join. It's the the only pink name in the entire yeah. Discord. Just just ping me and and um, go in ham help hashtag ham help, 
and others will reply to, particularly if you post those pictures. Do the same thing you just did in the email, post the pictures with your question. Yeah. And you'll get a lot of help. All right. Sorry, sorry, Jack. It sounds like more information. More help than you probably (laughs) even wanted in the Ham Radio Crash Course Discord. All right. Uh, The next, it's actually not an email, but I wanted to give a quick mention that uh, Vanner, she was on the um, Ham Nation chat tonight. Okay. And she just got her call today. So congratulations to Vanner. Congratulations. The next email is titled Great Podcast, T-shirt idea, and figured out something about Leia. Uh, oh. <laughs> oh no. This is Leia's worst fear what we're hearing right now. There there's so many layers. Just, so I don't know what you've back, discovered. Let's peel back this onion and make it bloomin'. <laughs> And this is from Sean. Hello, Leia and Josh. Thank you so much for the fun podcast. Thank you for listening. You both complimenting each other very well. Thank you. I would just like to say if we weren't sitting at the table having a podcast, we would just be, you know, screaming across the room at each other with much of the same banter we're talking about today. But (laughs) it would be very difficult for me to make it ham radio related. (laughs) So really, it's a big thank you to all of you for listening that I can coerce my wife into talking about ham radio for this long and i guess getting licensed it's the trick that (laughs) keeps on tricking (laughs) i really enjoy the variety of topics ham and non-ham i will often listen to the podcast while driving with my wife and twin nine-year-old boys my wife has laughed often listening to you both discuss harry potter marvel characters and life in general great well hello sean's wife so thank I, you for listening. I'm glad that we're normie adjacent. With yeah. <laughs> Normal people too can laugh at the things that we laugh at. So thank you. T-shirt idea. I often listen to the HRCC podcast using my Bluetooth earbuds while doing chores at work or most recently cooking dinner in the kitchen when my wife was trying to get my attention. <laughs> okay. T-shirt. That's when an- you hit the, so that's why you get the, uh, the AirPods Pro where you can hold them down and it adds isolation. So it adds the noise canceling. (laughs) That's really helpful. That's a pro tip. That's a pro dad tip. T-shirt has an arrow pointing up and the words, I'm listening to HRCC podcast. Please QSY. (laughs) Oh, that's pretty good too. (laughs) My wife laughed when I explained this one to her. That's good. It's also wifey approved. (laughs) From two. I like that. That's a good. Put that down the uh, All right. in the I like it list. Okay. Well, if we make it, Sean, you're getting one. From two podcasts ago, yes, Natalie Portman is a great rapper. She's very impressive. She is a good rapper. What? Natalie Portman. She's a good rapper. You've never seen Natalie Portman rap? No. I think it was on SNL or something with Andy Samberg. But Queen that- Amidala. Yes. We're talking about. Yeah, I'll show it to you later. Okay. From the last podcast, I'm seeing a pattern, Leia. You like Iron Man, Ant-Man, and Fang Daddy, a.k.a. Josh. All technologically enhanced guys. (laughs) (laughs) She is, uh, what what do they call that? Where you're transhuman? What is is transhuman? It's the movement of like, when, when can we shed our meat sack? 
<laughs> forms and just upload ourselves to the uh, to the internets. I like them all for different reasons. Iron Man is an amazing intellect that that was very productive with it, mm-hmm. right? And then Ant Man just because Paul Rudd is. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. You know. Yeah, of course. And then I like you for many reasons that I don't need to list, right? I mean, <laughs> everybody <Yeah>. knows. <laughs> sure. <laughs> with Sean the intellect, says, but not productive. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I was not patting myself on the back. I was making a joke. I was joking. You have the qualities of Iron Man and Ant-Man together. So like, you're like kind of like a Paul Ruddy Iron Man. I'm a ruddy Iron Man. My my favorite, my my armor's made of rust. (laughs) Mostly rust. I grew up in the salt belt. And leather. It's mostly 70s era shell the Chevys that this is built out of. Yeah, my, my flux capacitor is propane based. <laughs> I carry a propane canister. Oh, that's going to be very expensive to use. Yeah, it's, it's, it's expensive yeah. to be a hero these days. It's gotten, I mean, have you seen the, the shipping? Yeah. <laughs> that blue rhino, man. He's, that taxes on that blue rhino. He's he's out of control. Hard to get parts, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Every time I roll into 7-Eleven, he's like, look at this guy. <laughs> he's just trying to swap a propane tank. <laughs> trying to stop crime. I, I, sometimes I have to, like, I've got, like, 18 Coleman tiny tanks. <laughs> you ever try to exchange a Coleman tank when you're, like, at 1,800 feet above <laughs> the air? And your pilot goes out? Those Coleman tanks do not last long. <laughs> hey, man, it's risky. It's risky saving lives. I would not recommend that to power your super suit, okay? It's, just, it's a Coleman camp stove that I got. I just got like, you know, <laughs> I had a thrust problem. Like 15 minutes. So I just bought more camp stoves. <laughs> All right. Well, Sean says, I'm laughing out loud as I write this. Josh. Yes. Buy the Hermes Kelly for Leia. Oh, you were the one in the chat. If Leia is going to buy the IC7851. Yeah, this is like an arms race at this point. <laughs> and no, I'm not asking for a 7851. It's a beautiful radio, but um, I'm I'm my noise floor is too high to really like... I made a mistake today, everybody. You, you, you made a hilarious mistake. And <laughs> I, when I saw you post that, I was like, this is going to be fun. <laughs> Tim Duffy of DX Engineering was a guest on Ham Nation tonight. Mm-hmm. And he, he went through some great, you know, you mentioned the winterizing your ham radio. Shack here. rounding, winterizing. He covered a lot of stuff. It was really cool. And then and he's Amanda, good on his feet. I, I commented that to everybody after yeah. the show. The the host Don and uh, Amanda, Tim's great. You just throw him a question, he's like, yeah. He's just boom, boom, boom. Like I'm like, yeah, yeah. love that. I love that. Amanda mentioned contesting, and <laughs> she did. And then Tim goes, yeah, we're really excited for it. We're gearing up. We've got all these rigs here, and so I foolishly <laughs> asked, 
what do you contest with? <laughs> yeah, you just said, what do you contest with? And then I even clarified. No, I said, what do you what do you use as your contesting rig? Right. I think is what I said. No, you didn't say rig. I did. No, I don't. I did. You, oh, there's there's evidence. <laughs> okay. Okay. So then I replied to you in the chat while this is going on. I'm like, do you mean the radios that he's using? Yes, absolutely. About the and radios. you said, yes, of course. So then I asked Tim and he goes, yes, all 11... 11 operating stations <laughs> are running 7851s. And then you pulled it up. <laughs> and and I, I said, Leia, here you go. This is going on the wish list. So you and know. I died. I mean, I'm podcasting as a ghost now. <laughs> <laughs> that is a $12,000 radio. I know. I know that now. <laughs> yeah. When, when, you said, when that whole thing went Should down, I was just asked. like, this I is mean, hilarious. Regerts. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you literally <laughs> typed in two brackets yeah. dead yeah. <laughs> in the chat. That was very funny. Well, Sean says, that's a great trade. And Don, AE5DW, said, it is the best purse radio. <laughs> it is the best Wait, no, the 7851 is not a purse radio. That thing's huge. The Hermes Kelly would be a great purse radio. <laughs> it's not a radio at all. It's a radio purse. Yeah, okay. It's a great radio purse. <sighs> right? Right? Don't you just put the first thing that it goes into first and then the thing that you're talking about okay, second? Okay, whatever you want to call it. Am I going to get one? <laughs> I, I, how much do they cost? 15 grand? Once again, you're not going to be able to buy one. Anyway. No, yeah, because again, yeah. I can walk to a store. I can go to DX Engineering and order the 7851. You'd be like, hey, but Tim. Hermes, I have to like put somebody's umbrella away per appropriately when I enter the store. <laughs> you need to work your way up. You got to buy whatever they have available for for the masses to buy immediately and then work your way up into buying the purse it seems like a racketeering like rico's <laughs> gonna clap down on hermes right now you gotta be friends we gotta know each other there's gonna be an introduction you gotta buy 18 wallets <laughs> like what one day it's a scarf hey you don't know what i'm gonna have you buy yeah <laughs> Like, You've got to have a backstory of like why you want the bag. <laughs> My wife wants it <laughs> badly. They have a really bad uh, resellers problem because their bags are so hard to get that on the secondary market, they go for thousands more than they do retail. So, so you're saying Baofeng's peak pandemic is what <laughs> that's what we're talking about right now. Oh, it's more. It's a little more than a Baofeng. Is it? Okay. It's a little more than a Baofeng. Oh, yeah. my goodness. And so they just really, they want you to prove that you're not a reseller by showing that you're already brand loyal to Hermes. You know? Yeah. I, that whole thing is, just, that's a scheme. Yeah. <laughs> it's a total racket. You got to send Christmas cards to your salesperson. Yeah, right? Remember their birthday. Yeah, wash your car. <laughs> Can I buy the bag? <laughs> all right. Well, Sean signs off. That's all for now from Central Oregon. Thanks again for the fun podcast. Thank you for listening. 73, Sean, AI7EQ. Thank you so much, Sean. And, you know, I think Sean had mentioned in the Ham Nation chat that this is the first time he's ever emailed. So, oh, wonderful. Yeah. Thank you, Sean. 
I think he's long term, long time listener, first time emailer. Nice. You've joined the correspondence tower. Yeah. How does it feel? All it right. It feels moist. Oh. It's a tower. It's like an old, what? old tower. Oh, did we establish it was a water tower? No, it's like it's a, a <laughs> like a. I mean, I think we talked about it and how it's like, like the animaniacs run around. Castle tower thing. Oh, in your mind, it's not like an antenna or water tower. It's well, you think people are just hanging tower. off the side of this thing? <laughs> I mean, there is like a, you know, a walkway that goes around a water tower. You think we're all just crammed up there? We're just having a good time. Living, getting great propagation because we're so high up on the outside of this water Everybody tower. has their antennas up and yeah. all their radios are on the same band just <laughs> screaming at each other. Yeah, yeah. That sounds like a great time. <laughs> all right. Uh, the next email is actually from Al. And he was in the Ham Nation chat asking for help with the radio. Oh, good. Yes. And I yeah, said... Yeah, this all happened tonight. This is happening yeah. live. Yeah. And live to tape. Remember I, that? Remember I don't. That? Remember that when they would do that on TV? Live to tape. You jerks. So like, not what? like live live. <laughs> it just How means we're not going to edit. It means we're not going to edit anything. Yeah, it's just, it's, <laughs> it means we recorded something two hours ago and we're just going to replay it. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. We, we sent everybody home. So he had a question. Except Bob, he had to push play. That... <laughs> Oh, Bob. Oh, poor Bob. Uh, but he didn't really get an answer. Mm-hmm. I think it was it was pretty off topic. Uh, yeah. So everybody remember, I want to answer all your questions. I really do. I personally would like to answer all your questions. When we're doing a live stream, if it's not germane to the topic, it's probably not going to get answered or it's probably not going to get answered to the level that you need particularly with some of these more involved questions. Yeah. That's why the Discord exists. Literally, we have people from around the world that are members of the Discord, and all they want to do is talk about Ham Radio. Plus, Ham Nation is genuinely a coordinated show. Oh, yeah. Ham Ham Nation in particular is going to be very focused on the topics. Amanda's looking for questions related to the topic. Right. Right. I think moving Ham Nation to... Um, ham radio crash course made it much more interactive it did but at the same token there is a show like schedule oh yeah and it gets yeah like we start talking about it like five days in advance yeah right every i mean everybody needs to understand like there's there is a process to this and look really thanks very much to Amanda Alden. Oh, Amanda's does, insane. Yeah. Yeah. And also Don Tamathsko. Well, everyone, of yeah. course, but Amanda's really the one that's putting the show notes together and, yeah. and doing a lot of the heavy lifting, which is just. And everybody who's on the show actually comes with their idea for what their oh, their yeah. segment is, and they're yep. pro- they're basically producing a segment, yeah, of of really good quality. Yeah, everyone. You know? everyone, I mean, everyone that fantastic. is on the show. Yeah, it, yeah. it is. I, I could not be more Godfather humbled. Gordo, right? And uh, I like it. Yeah. 
<laughs> so uh, it's very difficult to interrupt that flow. I mean, yeah, there's no derailing that show with something that's not on top. Not right. like this. This is the show to derail. <laughs> yeah, this is the show to derail. Yeah. Even on my live streams, I, I, I try not to derail now. Yeah. Uh, earlier when I was doing the live streams, we would just kind of like, rant about stuff right we would go on little topics and all that stuff and we still do that occasionally but i do it in the chat but you do you do yeah. that and that's i but love I that can, but i can't answer any questions for you no yeah this is all just hot <laughs> goss that you're yeah. throwing around you're, you're yeah, yeah yeah i know i know i get it but so al had this question i told him go ahead shoot me an email we're recording the podcast tonight i will ask josh during the podcast and maybe you'll get um, okay an answer and if so not we then we'll Push you on down to, to Discord. Then kicking you to yeah. Discord. Not down. It's actually, I'm pretty sure Discord is like way up above Eastbound this. Eastbound down <laughs> and trucking. All right. Well, the email's titled "Radio from Al." Okay. Um, and this is specifically about an issue he's having with the FT4X. I asked him for a little bit more information on what's going on with it, um, any background on how it was acquired or what he's tried to do to fix it. He says that he gets basic channels like radio weather, but no broadcast from other amateurs. Uh, he tried following the videos from YouTube, but they don't work. He thinks the videos from YouTube aren't based in Canada and that that's the issue. It was purchased off of Amazon or eBay new. Mm -hmm. It has many menus, but he doesn't know how to program it even with YouTube. He thinks those menus are meant for America and that the repeaters around him don't work for no, some reason. That's not true. And he's asking for help. Okay. So let me let me dispel a couple of myths. Um, the same the same approach to repeaters that we have down in America is the same approach to repeaters in Canada. That radio, as long as that repeater is 2 meters or 70 centimeters, you're going to be able to set the repeater for it. So you do need to figure out how to manually program it. Here's what I would recommend, though. Let's start with this. I want you to go to repeaterbook.com, and I want you to look for your general area. And I appreciate Canada is a huge, huge country. And people are pretty spread out, and those repeaters are probably spread out with those people. Look up your local area. You can do a proximity lookup. Do a proximity lookup and figure out if there's repeaters close to your area. And what I want you to do before you do any programming, you don't have to do anything more than that, I want you to key the frequency of that repeater into the radio on the VFO side. Just key it in and listen. If you hear nothing on that repeater, that repeater's just probably not active. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing. If you key in that frequency and you hear people talking, okay, good news. That means we got to get that radio program correctly so that you can actually go in and transmit into that repeater with your call sign. So you can say, hey, whatever your call sign is, doing a radio check, am I making the repeater? Can anybody come back to me? And even if no one comes back to you, when you let go of that PTT, the repeater will likely have some kind of noise, whether it's a beep or just a noise, you'll know that you're hitting the repeater. And that's what you're looking for. So that means at least you've got that going on for you. But to do that, 
I can't tell you on the podcast because I don't know how to manually program that radio. I, I don't remember how to do it. I'd have to sit down with it in front of me to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. And the I did a review of that radio, which is a good radio, by the way. It's A lot of people say it's the Yesu Baofeng, which is kind of true. Um, but I gave that away to the patrons. I did that as a giveaway for all the uh, Patreon supporters. So I can't really tell you what to do at that point. That's... I, sad news, I can't tell you how to manually program it, but I know being a Yesu radio, it has an instruction manual that will tell you how to manually program it. But also, I think that means that the videos that you're seeing on um, on YouTube related to its programming mm-hmm. is not location dependent. No. the You just need to figure out um, the right repeaters. There's uh, not like some kind of secret canadian repeaters or that use some kind of secret programming that doesn't exist if you if you have purchased it recently through amazon and ebay and you're genuinely concerned that it doesn't work i would consider getting if you have another ham that you know getting in close enough proximity to see if you're transmitting you're obviously receiving the radio weather so it's receiving. Right. Uh, I would, yeah, you know what? That's a good point, too, is reach out to the local ham club for you. Again, I appreciate people are spread out. Mm-hmm. You got to find your local ham club in where yeah. you're at in Canada and uh, see, you know, what what do they use? What are they on? How do I talk to somebody, etc. Yeah. You know, worst case scenario, too, flick that thing over to 146.520 and listen on that frequency. And see if you hear anybody talking. Yeah. It's possible, although maybe rare, depending on where you're sitting in your home, that um, you just got a lot of RFI. You got a lot of devices that are choking oh, out true. your receive capability and that you're just not hearing. So there, this is another one of those questions where I kind of have to talk to the person to be able to understand what the problems are. Yeah. There's more questions than answers right now, right? You know, maybe even pop on to the Facebook group and ask if there's anybody who's local to you. If you can't find a local ham club, mm-hmm. you might be able to find a Canadian ham that's close to you in the Facebook group. Sure. And, and of course, the Discord, too. I mean, yeah. there's Canadians in, in the Discord. The Discord moves so quickly that yeah. it... Yeah. I, I can Facebook I can is pretty good... Yeah. For, yeah. for bumping things that people are looking for, mm-hmm. I think, because yeah. it lives on much longer in terms of being interactive. Yeah, I may have to, uh, I may have to buy another one of those. Wow. Thanks, Al. Yeah, and I may have to buy one of those in an FT70. I'm off Friday, so maybe wow. I'll just, okay. maybe just make a little jaunt down to uh, HRO. Well, this... This ham nation really cost me a lot of money. Because, <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, the 7851 is on the wish list, right? <laughs> That'll be in my stocking. That's a stocking stuffer. I stuffed it. You never get the radio out of there without cutting the stocking off, but it's stuffed. All right. So, uh, Al, I, I suggest the Discord or the Facebook group you... There's just such a wealth of knowledge between all the hams that are on both of those platforms. I mean, yeah, you can you can message me directly, but I'm going to give you more questions that you're going to have to answer for me to be able to help you directly. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think so. Ah, see, a nice volume. <laughs> Sorry for everybody that complained about last week, where that was jacked all the way up to 11. So aggressive. <laughs> an aggressive, nice tune. Yes. Anyway, welcome to day two, and we're moving right along with the emails. The next email is titled, The Final Voicemail. Oh. And this is from Jake. Dear Leah and Josh, I like the idea of a voicemail. Josh, I recommend you set up a Google Voice number. As for being the final voicemail, Leah, take a break, sit back and relax, and allow me to read the email for you. 73's, your voicemail correspondent, Jake, K-O-4-J-U-Z. Well, hello. It feels strange to be here. Anyways, <laughs> I have a ham radio story that you might find interesting. Aside from collecting baofangs, I actually have a real job. I'm a ranger at a state park. I was called from our main office to release someone in one of our ranger booths. And as I'm driving out of our parking lot, I notice a truck with a massive antenna and someone playing radio on a nearby picnic bench. I would have stopped to talk, but I had to get going. When I was driving back, I saw he was still there and I stopped to talk to him. He saw me pull up and says in the mic, stand by, a ranger just pulled up on me. I got out and just smiled and said, Poda? I must have surprised him because he just froze, laughed, and asked if I was a ham too. I told him yes, and he even offered me to take a hand at the mic. Unfortunately, <laughs> I had to leave the client since I had to get back to base. But it was a nice experience seeing someone play radio in a place I love so much. Anyways, thank you all that you do. Thank you for all that you do. The podcast is the highlight of my Friday and Saturday, Aww. and depending on you the need down to get out, bro. my Sunday and I'm Monday kidding. too. Sam Free Saul. Jake, K-O-4-J-U-Z. Awesome, Jake. Right, how do I stop this Thank thing? you. <laughs> Thank you, Jake. Nicely done, Jake. Well done. That is a I hilarious mean, story. It, it's like, yeah, you need to get out more. It's like, where? Where am I going to go? It's COVID. <laughs> I mean, things are better now. People are getting out. But that was great, Jake. And I, I love that. Um, the only funnier thing would be is if he was the one talking to the guy who was doing photos. <laughs> Oh, he was like recording it like right there? No, no, no. As in he was he was the person that was talking to the guy on Poda. Like drives he drives up. up with his mobile. He's like, you keep getting louder. <laughs> you're, you're overloading my radio actually at this point. Look to your left. Oh my God. That's a ham ranger. <laughs> That's a good idea for a ham radio superhero. No, yeah, it's a Power Ranger, but instead of it being like Triceratops or... Yeah. It's ham. And then you could stack multiple ham radios together to make one unit to rule them all. <laughs> exactly. I like it. Very good. All right. The next email is titled Greetings, and this is from Dallas. Dallas the person, not Dallas the city. Thank you. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I need that clarification sometimes. Hello, Josh and Leah. Hoping this email finds you well. Hopefully, this will also make it on this week's podcast. I just, it did. I just wanted to reach out and see if any of the listeners of the podcast were located in central or southern Missouri or the surrounding areas and were interested in helping out with communications on a hundred mile foot race oh. through the Mark Twain National Forest. Cool. I didn't even know. There was a Mark Twain National Forest. 
I'm coming on late in preparation as the co-coordinator for the event, and we are a few operators short. Mm. The race is the last weekend of October. I know this is short notice, but we've had some issues with other operators' schedules. And you can dress in a costume. I, I don't know that Dallas said that. <laughs> you just put a high-vis vest over it. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. If anyone is interested in helping out or just want more details on the race, they can eat, reach out to me at my ham radio email, which is my call sign, ke0wju at gmail.com. Make sure you post this on the Facebook group and um, and the Discord as well. Yeah, I'm sure somebody will turn up. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how big the listener slash viewing audience is in missouri i don't know so i Mm. I don't know how lucky you're gonna be with this but sure you know dallas says loving the podcast 73s and 88s dallas ke0 wju fantastic thank you dallas dallas i hope you find the hams you're looking for Mm. (laughs) smoked hams the next email is titled hunting merch idea And this is from Scott. With all this fox hunting and RFI hunting talk lately, it gave me an idea for a merch. Okay. I thought it could be cool, uh, a play on a sports ball logo, but with regards to amateur radio, a directional antenna, and a word like hunting or amateur or foxy. Once I put my concept down visually, it doesn't seem as appealing, but I thought I'd pass it along in the event it inspires more creativity. And Scott has sent over a very uh, MLB. great... Yeah. It's like the MLB logo. Uh-huh. But it's baseball. obviously with a ham holding up um, a speaker mic, mm-hmm. and he's holding a Yagi. He did a really good job Yeah, this, I'm very impressed, yeah, it, It's actually, that's <laughs> like, that's almost print ready right there. That's pretty good. If uh, if we make this, Scott, you will get one. I think. I'm worried really about a- the copywriting, but I think that no, you- that's way far off enough that think it's so? not going to be an issue. Okay, uh, Scott, I think you've really undersold yourself here. Yeah, you this did a is great a job. good job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Scott signs off. Scott K N six I H C. Thank nice. you, Scott. Nicely done, Scott. The next email is titled Simba Tiny Hand. And this is from Douglas. Mm -hmm. That tiny hand from a few episodes really got you. I must not have fully got the reference. So Josh has a collection of tiny hands. Yes. Okay. They are hands that are tiny. I find them to be deeply disturbing. Yeah. (laughs) So when I see them, I feel like sometimes I laugh nervously. (laughs) (laughs) I do really think they're funny though. You put them in pictures because the because the frame the framing's all like the size is wrong. You know what I mean? Right. It's right next to a uh, a bow fang or something right. like that's a like, remarkably small hand. Like what is or all, a very large bow fang? Yeah, it's very odd. It's very off putting when people when I put them. I try and put them in Instagrams and stuff because I find that <laughs> the funniest. And people will come into like the hands back. <laughs> I try and sneak it in there and hide it, but people always notice. It's pretty funny. So Douglas signs off. Leia, the only person that has a more infectious laugh is my wife. Douglas, K-I-7-L-I-K. Douglas, you're a lucky man then. Yes. Because a couple that laughs together stays together. That's it. That's it. And I guess podcasts together. Think about a podcast. Yeah, think about a podcast. (laughs) The next email is titled Loda. 
And this is from volunteer podcast co-producer, Rob. Yes, Rob. Also, I want you to note that uh, Rob is the purveyor of great books for kids. Oh. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you, Rob. Hi, Josh and Leia. Leia, I know I'm clueless about Carvel ice cream cakes, but even I would consider cutting a small rectangular cake into wedge-shaped slices. I totally understand this. This is in reference to the fact that Carvel ice cream cakes seem way too small mm-hmm. for the number of servings the box says it's supposed to be giving. I mean, it is a scoop of ice cream, though, if you think about it. it's You're eating ice cream. Yeah. So you have to think about it in ice cream terms, not cake terms, necessarily. A, a wedge mm. of Carvel is too much. I would also argue that it will increase the melt point, if you will. If you have a thin little little sharp piece at the end, that's going to melt really quickly. Yeah, that's And fair. then slide all over your plate. The way you do it is actually very smart. The Carvel cake is very tall for its size. Well, okay. Okay, you don't have to. Everything, everything you think of a Carvel cake is just... The, the 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 epitome of perfect it's, it's not tall at all for a cake it's a tiny squat cake that people open it up and go why don't you get 14 people out of this thing like everybody looks at it and goes what do you mean 14 people what kind of what you what? gotta slice it into rectangles you do and and she means like literally starting at one side of the horizontal circle slices. and horizontal slice your yeah way all and then the way you slice it. it in half think of like somebody was cutting a pizza like a crazy person <laughs> Into pizza sticks. Into pizza rectangles, like rectangles, like that, but just go all the way across. You actually use a bench scraper for this, which is genius. I do. That was was very smart. All right. Well, Rob has a couple of t-shirt ideas. On the front, Loda, Leia on the air. On the back, hashtag Team Carvel. (laughs) Are you telling me that if I get on the air, I will get Carvel ice cream cakes? Is this... (laughs) Is this what I'm I was in, I was thinking to myself, we got to be sponsored if we're going to do something like, <laughs> like Carvel or something. But you know, <laughs> it's the only person who ever wears a shirt is me. <laughs> it's You're the only on one. <laughs> hey, Rob, you know what? If I make one for myself, you can have one too. <laughs> and the second one, this you may or may not want to read on the podcast. A Baofeng, and below it, let's go buy one. <laughs> that's pretty funny. That's a that's a fanging shirt if I've ever heard that one. That is pretty funny. <laughs> it's playing off the "Let's Go Brandon" T-shirts. Mm-hmm. This is an, no idea what that is. This is an internet meme that Rob had informed me of off um, off podcast. Yeah, because I think he said that in the last email. Let's go, Brandon. I was like, Yeah, all right, Brandon. <laughs> I'm like, I might have just forgot somebody who got their license or something. I will also share with you uh-huh. this this wealth of information. Okay, okay. Rob is like an encyclopedia. Yeah. You Sound, know? He's got a lot of really good information. <laughs> All right. Well, Rob signs off. 73 Rob K5 DCQ. See, that's close enough to Dairy Queen that I feel like he might be biased against Carvel cakes. <laughs> well, we already know. He said he didn't like it. I know, but like out of a bias because he prefers DQ, you know? Well, we already said, I think he said, what did he say? Dairy Queen, then Baskin Robbins, then Carvel. Yeah. See, I mean, he dedicated. His... Actually, he had two Baskin Robbins cakes. <laughs> it was so actually, the grasshopper the fourth, pie. The fourth cake. 
the it's not even on the podium anymore. <sighs> well, you're not going to bury the lead. You're going to tell me what <laughs> Let's Go Brandon is. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought I was going to tell you off podcast, but let's do it. Let's oh, is it go Brandon. not good? Is it not let's... something that should be on a podcast? Well, it says not suitable for podcast because oh. there's cursing in it. Oh, you can skip over that. Or is it germane to the topic? Uh, it's also a bit uh, politically polarizing. Oh. I just rather. I just okay. rather not. I think Rob made a decision here that is sound. Okay. Well, then uh, <laughs> if anybody wants to Google that, yeah. Google it. <laughs> All right. And now it's time. It's the final email. <laughs> Every week I get such a kick. That was pretty good. <laughs> All right. And the final email this week comes from the other <laughs> volunteer surprise, podcast surprise. co-producer. Uh, almost as though they planned it. Hmm. Mm. Almost. Yeah. <laughs> the title is Ham Radio and a Song. Uh, oh. Nathan says... From the penthouse suite of the Correspondence Tower. <laughs> okay, so it's very clear now that the Correspondence Tower is not a water tower. No, I, I never, ever pictured it as a water tower. It's not the <laughs> freaky Harry Potter thing. You know what's featured prominently in Harry Potter? A water tower. <laughs> the Whomping Water Tower, right? <laughs> that would leave somebody real wet. <laughs> <laughs> and dead. <laughs> Congrats to Fred, the crown prince of the final email. Watch out. The email king shall return to reclaim the throne. Well, you did it, Nathan. It just, it just happened. <laughs> In other news, I want to thank all involved with the HRCC Buy, Sell, Trade Facebook group. Oh. Yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that is one thing you do keep an eye on for admin purposes. So thank you for that, yeah. Leah. I mean, I, I don't do anywhere near as good a job as admin for no. admitting as HRCC staff. Sure, of course. But still, it's it's pretty it's it's nice that you do that and all the admins for doing that. Thing. Yeah. And I mean, really, thanks to everybody who lists their radios there, because it's it's helpful to other hams looking for radios, you oh, know? Yeah. especially in the community. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I listed my first ham radio ever a Yesu VX6R on the group at what I felt was a reasonable price and it sold within three days. That's nice. pretty fast, right? For a ham radio sale, I feel like that's pretty quick. Yeah, and if he said it's reasonable, not like he's giving it away. Yeah, sure. Yeah, Because that's not like a brand new radio either. It's not like a huge mm. mover, if you will. You know, it's 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 been around for a little while. Thanks to the buyer, you know who you are. I hope you enjoy the radio. I didn't really need a rugged, submersible radio since I don't really go anywhere that it would be needed. Like, Thanks to the buyer, you know who you are. I farted in the box. <laughs> Very clearly, the penthouse of the correspondence tower is not a water tower. That's it is right. Not you don't need a submersible <laughs> in the penthouse. That's true. I sold it in preparation for getting a new radio that had APRS. Oh. I purchased. An FT5. 
a Yesu FT 3DR. Oh, 3DR. Okay. And it should arrive Friday, the same day my buyer should get his radio. New radio party. <laughs> I can barely. We're gonna get on the air and talk to each other with our uh, with our radio. Yeah. <laughs> I can barely wait until I can dive into the beautiful features of the 3DR. I watched many of Josh's videos on the 3DR and will use them as a walkthrough reference as I set it up. Last week, I talked about mowing over in-ground bees nests. <laughs> I hope you're okay, Nathan. <laughs> I said I used a push I'm fine. mower. The mower has never been the same. <laughs> I said I used a push mower. Right. And to us, we assume that the push mower was a human powered pushing yes. a mower, which yeah. is something. Again, I don't want to go back down that yeah. rabbit hole. Still a little bitter. <laughs> it's been over ten years. <laughs> it, Oh, such fond memories of that little mower. Just, the, the, when I walked into that lawnmower store, they looked at me like <laughs> I was from the Antiques Roadshow or something. They actually, they actually, I saw them. They went to the back. <laughs> and on the back, they had, you know, like a wall with like wooden dowels that was just covered in dust and, and cobwebs. <laughs> And they had these gears stacked up on it, and it looked like it had like a lacquered sign above it that was it looked like somebody shot it with a shotgun. It was <laughs> rusted over, and I'm like, "What? What is that?" He's like, "Oh, that was the old timer display when we bought this store." He said that was a part of the you know the, the package for buying the store. He's like, "Yeah, that's like back from the '40s or something." That's when he looked for the gear for the push. And he had it. he had the gear. He had that stupid gear that I needed. It was crazy. Still couldn't make it work though, huh? It, it wasn't my fault. I, <laughs> I literally soaked that thing in penetrating oil. I tried to like wire brush all the rust off. The whole thing was like rusted. It was it was a bad scene. I'm so sorry. It's still one of my favorite pictures though. When we got rid of it, or or we took a picture of it, and Charlotte just like went and sat right next to it and looked at the camera. <laughs> it was the funniest thing. She's saying, "I can eat grass grass faster than yeah. this mower." <laughs> Look at this dumb jerk with it. <laughs> mower from the truman era nathan continues this is vermont not the boonies <laughs> it is a motor it is a powered mower that i push as opposed to a riding mower <laughs> it was it's got a motor was, leia yes. even nathan has a mower with a motor on it I mean, we do too now. I mean, yeah, now. <laughs> My mom had to buy it. If anyone Again, was... this was like over a decade ago, so yeah. don't come at me for my mom <laughs> buying a lawnmower for me. It was like a housewarming it, gift. I know. Yeah. I, yeah. And also she saw me trying to use the, the first mower. It's like, what is going on? You are a terrible daughter-in-law. Are we trying to recreate Leave it to Beaver? <laughs> If anyone would like to see a video of me mowing my front lawn, please check out my YouTube channel, Southern Vermont Ham Radio. It is a thrilling video. <laughs> I actually did, um, when we got that mower, I hooked a GoPro up to it and I <laughs> made some shots of me mowing. With, yeah. I don't know why I did that. I just remember doing it. <laughs> I used a non The footage was not usable because the motor shakes like crazy 
You could have attached it to your chest while you were mowing. All these things. Yeah. Yes. I actually think I did ultimately do that. But then you've got that bar in front of it. You know, it's like, you know, okay. mm. it, I used a non-motorized push mower when we first moved into our house. See, I think this is something that a lot of first time home buyers do thinking they're going to make their lawn care their workout. You know, I never thought that. I never in, in my wildest dreams. <laughs> Maybe it's for some of us who hadn't spent a lot of time mowing lawns. <laughs> it's crazy. I cannot recommend it since it refuses to cut dandelions and other tall weeds. Right. Yes. Because it's low to the ground. No. <laughs> That's not it at all. It's, it's like a barrel. It's a barrel rotating blade. Mm. It, mm-hmm. It's a barrel that turns kind of like a, a thresher or a cultivator. Mm-hmm. And then there's a blade at the bottom. But if it's really long, it gets kind of like wrapped up and doesn't get into the blade correctly. That checks out. Yeah. Now for my audio drop. Josh, if you received my email and had enough room on your board, please play the audio. Nathan, I do have this clip. I just want everybody to know it's a little left channel heavy and I tried to sort it out a little bit, but believe me, there is a right channel. Most of you won't even notice this because you're like listening on a phone or whatever, but some of you will, but here it goes. A long time ago, about three hours, this podcast started. (laughs) It was a podcast with weird subjects, excellent correspondence, prepping, drink reviews, and interesting time dilation, where a minute is never a minute. (laughs) And now, a song. Crash course, ham radio crash course. We were on course till the emails derailed into a tangent about York patties or some cat Who's the best Avenger? What's your favorite cereal? Cincinnati chili moon facts. We have the hit rare hit radio question with some techno babble on how to do something cool with radio. Nailed it. When the emails are done, we get to hear Leia's quest to not study for the test. Oh, why doesn't she pass? I wonder why Gordon should send her a book. She should take a look. Then you will pass the test. May the test be with you. He knows the song perfectly. Thank you. That was that was very good. That was amazing. That was fantastic. That should be the theme song. <laughs> Can I just type that up on a shirt so that it's... I think so he sent me the, the, the actual lyrics. Oh, my God. And just put that as, like, on the a, Star the Star yeah. Wars, like, trailing thing away. Yes. With, like, a bow fang in the back or the logo or something. That would be funny. That would be... Re- that's what we should do. That should be... And then we'll send the merch to Nathan for doing Yeah. It. Nicely done, Nathan. That was fantastic. I want what a joy. <laughs> what a wonderful last email. That was that was very good. Um, I want everybody to know, nobody, I mean, this is in the weeds a little bit, but I bought the Bluetooth adapter for this board. So now I can play the audio clips off my phone or my laptop Ooh. on the email. So I don't have to have it on. I can have a regular little clicky buttons on the board. So all the drops I can just play natively instead of having to recompress and convert everything. Very excited about that. 
Also, yes, I will look. I, I'm sure I got a Google number somewhere. New gadget. Ham Tactical has a phone number. Oh. Yeah. Can they leave a voicemail? <laughs> yeah. Can I get into the mailbox? Sure. Well, then I'll just use that. <laughs> we'll figure that out for next week or something like that. Well, that was uh, that was delightful. Thanks, everybody, yeah. for the email. Well, again. Nathan signs off. Oh, yes. 73K1MAZ, Nathan in Southern Vermont. I will drop his channel in the show notes. Have you ever had British Heinz beans on toast? Yes. Nathan. We've had. <laughs> you have now opened <laughs> the next can of worms. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to have some people talking about this one. I love an English breakfast. The, the full breakfast. What, what do they call that? The full bake? The fry? Fry up. Is it a fry up? Mm. The full British. The f- <laughs> well, it usually I, has. I think I actually everything I said is actually Bacon. <laughs> uh, like a sausage. And then. A tomato. Tomatoes, mushrooms, and toast with beans on it. An English fry up. Uh, it's also called a full English breakfast. Ah, yes. But the one thing that I don't love on it is the beans on toast. I'm not sure I get it. And I've even gone to a British import store to buy British beans. We have to be we have to be very clear in what we're saying here. There is a store that literally only stocks things that are important imported from the UK. Yeah. And they had all the Heinz beans. We yes. bought them all. And we I bought tr- the curried beans. Mm-hmm. We bought the super sweet one. The regular one's already really sweet. And I have to tell you I thought that maybe if I just found the right can of beans, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that it would, I'm always willing to give like beloved cultural dishes a try. Mm -hmm. And if I don't like it initially, I always feel that it's, I had it the wrong way. Probably. Either my error or wherever I like had ordered it from Mm -hmm. or whatever recipe I tried, it had to be that. It cannot be actually how it tastes in that country. So the only thing I can think is that English bread must be different. Like English toast must be different from our toast. Probably. The bread they use is probably different. But I, I mean, I, I thought the curried beans were good. Again, very sweet, though. But it's, it's just so anything carby. Sweet, anything sweet to you is like not really your jam. Like you're not really uh, a big into super sweet beans or anything like that. So I, I get sweet things you're not really about. You know That's I mean? true. Like That's you're kind true. of not your thing. So like for me, it was fine. I, I have definitely ate it on toast. I like it just fine. I have to bring this up though. Mm-hmm. There is a guy on TikTok who okay. is in Britain. Yeah. And all he does is talk about in a very excited manner. It just completely flabbergasted every time the differences between America and Great Britain. Okay. Okay. So, and I think what kicked it off was that in Great Britain, it's common to have a door to your kitchen. Doors to kitchens in the U.S. are almost non-existent now. Right. Because open floor plans. Right. But also interconnected living. Like, we don't close off living rooms. We like to just scream at each other constantly. Yeah. (laughs) And so he thought that was unreal, went down an entire just series of videos where he uh, finds out that 
we don't keep our washing machines in our kitchens. Yeah, that's crazy to me. I don't even understand. But how do you have space in your kitchen for a washing machine? <laughs> Their kitchens are already very small from what I can tell. Yeah. So how do you have space for it in your kitchen when you can I, put it in another room? I'm assuming they use That's those a plumbing. stacked ones, right? Oh, it's just a washer. I think the, the dryer is somewhere else. Why? Or it's line dried. Also, no air conditioning. It's, and it doesn't get that hot there. Because their windows open out, mm-hmm. there's no screen doors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So, but the one thing that just, I cannot believe, and I understand a lot of this is just like old plumbing, mm-hmm. but the fact that they have two faucets, one for hot and one for cold, and nary do they meet. So either you're getting burned by hot water or frozen by cold water. They don't have a single tap. There's no way to blend the water. They were separate faucets. In the kitchen? In the house. There's still some places that have that. You know, they make devices that can connect the two leaves. Sure, sure. It's literally like a pipe that connects the two things together into one spout. Okay. Not in his house. Okay, well, that's just... Not in his house or anybody's house he knows. (laughs) That is a technological advance. (laughs) That's... Two we taps to one tap. <laughs> That's where we stopped moving forward. That was it. Okay. Well, th- oh, wait. Hold on. Oh. I've got to continue. Oh, okay. Because Nathan continues on with a Black Widow movie review. Oh, boy. He says, Josh asked me when I was leaving the after chat on Saturday in order to oh, watch yes. the Black Widow movie. I did say this. To tell him what I thought of it. Uh-huh. All I can say, it was fine. I think it is the Marvel equivalent of the solo movie. Standalone, okay, seemed to me very similar to the Marvel TV shows on Disney+, Plus, which I really liked myself. I agree with this. Mm -hmm. And the fact that it felt like a Marvel TV show is what disappointed me as a a full-length feature film. Okay. Right? There are some, some concepts better told by TV. Okay. I just have to, <laughs> I, I, when he said the solo movie, and I appreciate he just got done singing a Star Wars yeah. based song mm-hmm. of the podcast. When he said solo, I thought he was talking about the Mario Van Peebles movie called Solo. <laughs> That's exactly. And it was part of this like rich tapestry of mm-hmm. a solo based world. That about a movie that completely bombed. Nathan is Mario like the Robert Ebert of. A- so he said solo. So that's how bad the Han Solo solo movie is to me. That I I went to the Mario Van Peebles solo movie that was that came out in 1996. That was where my mind went immediately. It is. You just scrubbed it from your mind. It like was so bad. I bleached it from my brain. It is not. Uh, solo is a is a bad movie. It is a bad. Yeah. Bad movie. And it's really funny because, you know, Scarlett Johansson ended up in that lawsuit with Disney over the release. Yeah, she was not wrong. And I think. But that I also she was not wrong, but also she completely under 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 did not understand that like COVID's real. People weren't really going to the theaters. Well, I think oh, she, no, ended she wanted up, the simultaneous release, right? That's she, she did wanted. not want she that. She did not. Oh, okay. She was going to make money on the box office. They oh. they yeah. simultaneously released it. That's how she would have made it. money on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can and see that. And then I think she that. tried to compare, like now that Shang-Chi is done, 
that she was like, well, look what happens when you do an only theater release. They would have showed out for me like Shang-Chi. But I have to tell you a secret. Uh, a I'll se- tell you a secret. Let me tell <laughs> you about I have to tell Asian you a secret. People. How the Asian community came out for Simu Liu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I even bought tickets and gave them away, knowing I wasn't going to go to the theater. <laughs> Why didn't you tell me? I would have ran out there without no. you. No, unacceptable, because COVID risk. And it doesn't make any... Who did you give them to? I gave them to another family that doesn't... What's this family? Well, one is a pediatrician surgeon. <laughs> that went? With her family. Her. F- so why is it that someone in the health <laughs> profession... That's her risk. I'm managing your risk. She is fine with her risk. Her, she hangs out with sick people. She was a fellow um, board member of the Chinese uh, Cultural Association. So I gave her the tickets. Again, she hangs out with sick people. It is was, not her risk higher than mine? What, that's the point. She can risk going to the theater. I didn't want to risk you coming home and giving something to us. I see. Okay. Wow, thank you. She risks more every day. The theater's probably a much lower risk than what her risk is. You know? No. But also, other Asian actors and influencers went out and bought out theaters. This is not something they would have done for Black Widow. Yeah, Scarlett Johansson isn't pulling that kind of... Oh, not after... what? Didn't she, like, whitewash some... What movie was it? I know you know, I know what I'm where you're going, about. and you got him wrong. You're thinking of Charlize Theron. No, Ghost in a Shell. Nope. Mm-mm. Oh. Scarlett Johansson also uh, whitewashed something. She did. Yeah. No, and now I'm gonna. That have was to the look big one. Up. Was uh, Ghost in a Shell? There was no reason that Charlize Theron needed to play. Uh, <laughs> I can't. <coughs> I can't remember the, the main Ghost character. Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, that's Charlize Theron. Nope, that's Scarlett Johansson. What? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm I'm thinking Aeon Flux. Yes, you are. There we and there we are. Asians were not going to show out for Scarlett Johansson. No, they showed out not just in person, but even not in person, <laughs> just straight up. I think in Cerritos there was an actor who came out and bought out three showings. Free tickets for anybody oh, who showed okay, up, okay, right? Okay. Bought out all of the showings, and then somebody else came and matched the purchase. Yes, they. <laughs> yeah, uh, Scar Joe ain't pulling that kind of. Uh... Still haven't seen it, but uh, so also not a good indication of, of how her <laughs> uh, of how her show uh, her her showings would have gone. Right, like she can't go. Oh yeah, oh, not well, at all. people would have showed up for my movie. Well. Pfft. A lot of us didn't even show up for this movie. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it wasn't good. I yeah. thought that the uh, the Russian Captain America character was great. That was probably the best part. You know, it's I, I find it acceptable when the Marvel TV shows are going through this episodic journey, transitioning from the original Avengers to the new class. Okay. Right? I hate it that they did it in a movie. What do you mean? I just, I didn't like the hinting feel. Hinting for a while. Yeah, I just didn't like it done in a movie. I think that's the wrong format. It's, it's not long enough to develop the character. A TV show gives you at least eight hours to 12 hours of storytelling mm-hmm. to get you there. A movie gives you two hours to get sure. you there. Sure. It's not enough. 
And as a result, I don't like the new Black Widow. Right. I have a feeling that Marvel going with their new Avengers Mm -hmm. cast is going to do a DC with them. And DC is going to come up. So Marvel, they spent a lot of time building the foundation of the characters. Mm-hmm. They t- they had tie-ins, but they spent a lot of time, particularly with Iron Man, was kind of like the central anchoring point. Yes. The best Avenger. And Captain America. <laughs> Not the best Avenger. But again, they all had their own, mm-hmm. right? They had mm-hmm. their they had the baseline characters foundation formed and then had ancillary stories with Thor and all of right, them. So they kind of right. had crossovers. That peaked with um, Infinity War. Right. And then that's kind of the end of that chapter. I think with this new chapter, I think they're going to try and get try and get them together faster. And that's going to create the Justice League effect. Oh, where they didn't do enough time to lay that foundation. And they're going to they're going to DC them. They're going to they're going to bomb. Well, there's just going to be too much for people not to agree on. Whereas the original writers of the Marvel movies were able to cherry pick what they wanted to keep canon and the best parts of canon. Sure. But DC's got a rich tapestry of background. <laughs> no, I know what I'm saying but is. The, the reason why I'm saying that is the the new um, Suicide Squad. That came yeah. Out. Mm-hmm. DC just went like. DC went hard into the first Suicide Squad, which bombed. It was mm-hmm. bad. And then they did like Birds of Prey, which is a Harley Quinn vehicle that they did that also kind of bombed. And then they just went like, F it. We're just going to redo this whole thing. And the new Suicide Squad is really good. Mm. Really good. And then you see how things kind of went. I mean, Wonder Woman is horrible. The the current, the new Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. But I can see them starting to feel it out a little bit. And okay. I feel like the next, it's like the next generation of these movies, they may actually peak higher than Marvel. I'm, I'm curious if they can make that happen. I mean, I've been watching DV, uh, DC TV shows for a really long well, time. Well, that's what I'm wondering, if they can start trying to pull some of that mojo over. I mean, the joy of the DC TV shows, like The Flash and uh, Supergirl, mm-hmm. is the production is super campy. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's Smallville campy, right? This all started from Smallville. Yeah, but I also feel like that also doesn't translate very well to the big screen. Even watching, what was it, um, Aquaman? Even that was campy. Uh, yeah, but he's kind of a campy character. He has to play it the whole, The whole DC roster is kind of campy. Not the, not the Snyder Cut. The Snyder Cut was really good. They did a much better job with it. Okay. Anyway, um, Obviously, the takeaway of this little diatribe is go watch uh, Mario Van Peebles solo. It's the best <laughs> showing of any movie called Solo, is, is my uh, feeling. So, All right. Well, Nathan wraps it up saying, feel it is a sad end to the character. I agree. Uh, and he says, sure. that is all. K1MAZ out. Sorry for certain parts of my singing. I kind of lost the tune a couple times. No, it was great. <laughs> it was fantastic. Yeah, you did a good job. Nicely done. All right. Well. Thank you, everybody, at the Email Correspondence Tower. We really do appreciate it. If you have comments or questions, you can send them to leah at hamtactical.com. And if you send us a merch idea, and we like your merch idea, and we make it, we'll send you one for free. That's how We will. So we're moving right along, Leah. We're going to continue your journey into not studying for the test and then just trying Mm. it on the podcast. So, okay. I guess I'm starting a new test. You're starting a new test. Mm -hmm. This is test four? 
I don't, I don't even know anymore. <laughs> <laughs> They're all just running together. The first question reads, which of the following may apply in areas under FCC jurisdiction outside of ITU Region 2? A, station identification may have to be in a language other than English. B, Morse code may not be permitted. C, digital transmission may not be permitted. D, frequency allocations may differ. And I'm going to go with D, frequency allocations may differ. This is not giving me the answers. (laughs) (laughs) You set the test up wrong. You got that right, by the way. Yes. You got it? Um, I can't tell. Oh, you didn't click the uh, get immediate notifications? I'm trying to do it on ham study so I can, you know what, I'm, I'm going to just back out of this. Okay. I am going to just do five questions. I'm not even going to do full tests. I'm going to do five questions until five questions a podcast. I have no idea what you're talking about. Until it's starting to feel good. (laughs) So you're not taking practice tests anymore? No. You're calling an audible and just... I'm just going to study five questions at a time. It will not feel any different except for the fact that (laughs) I'm not getting an answer. But I will periodically go and check what areas I'm weak in. And then I will So you're not going to know the right answer? I will know the right answer. Okay, okay. But instead of being rated on a whole... Yeah, 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 yeah. just do it. All right. On which HF MF bands is a general class license holder granted all amateur frequency privileges? A, 60 meters, 80 meters, 40 meters, and 10 meters. B, 160 meters, 30 meters, 17 meters, 15 meters, 12 meters, and 10 meters. C, 160 meters, 60 meters, 30 meters, 17 meters, 12 meters, and and 10 meters. Or D, 60 meters, 20 meters, 17 meters, and 12 meters. Well, Mm. that's tough because I don't know. Uh, I'm going to go with Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. granted all Mm -hmm. amateur frequency privileges. Okay. Um, Okay, she's thinking. Working it, working it out. A, 160 meters, 80 meters, 40 meters, and 10 meters? No. It is 160 meters, 60 meters, 30 meters, 17 meters, 12 meters, and 10 meters. Yep. The key word here is all. Correct. The entire frequency space. So what ham study suggests is to memorize what frequencies you do not have full privileges on which makes sense because when you're operating Mm -hmm. that's how you would do it and so general license holders do not have full privileges on 80 40 20 or 15 that's right so and there's also a mnemonic device 80 halved is 40 which is half to 20 and 8 plus 4 plus 2 is almost 15 Huh. What a way to remember. What? Yeah. I love mnemonic devices. <laughs> oh, well, you got that one in the bag then. <laughs> I'm sure you'll get that from here on out. You've got it. 
All right. The next question reads, on which of the following bands is phone operation prohibited? A, 30 meters, B, 12 meters, C, 160 meters, D, 17 meters. You kind of just have to know this one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. 17 what, meters. What is phone? 30 meters it's is 30 the meters. right answer. So phone is single sideband. It's voice. Phone. So you can I do see. digital and Morse code on 30 and, meters. <laughs> An easy way to remember this, Ham Study says, is that no one under the age of about 30 makes actual phone calls. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well done. Well done. Okay. Over oh, two. All right. Well, I, I, I give you that first one <clears> that you, <throat> you moved off of. You got that right. But I didn't. Oh, that I got off of. Yeah. Okay. You, that when, right. Before you switched. Yeah. All right. On which of the following bands is image transmission prohibited? Oh. A, 30 meters. B, 12 meters. C, 20 meters. Or D, 160 meters. I'm going to go with 160 meters. No, it's also 30 meters. 30 meters. (laughs) (laughs) They got a mnemonic device for that one? Yes. No IMG in the 30. (laughs) Get No images. on. No IMG on the 30. It just sounds like 30 is the most restricted band to me. No, it's 60, kind of, but. Actually, you can do everything on 60. You just have to be channelized. 30 meters, basically data only. Mm-hmm. That's all I need to remember, really. Right. All right. The next question reads, which of the following amateur bands is restricted to communication only on specific channels rather than frequency ranges? Oh, oh everything's in G1 right now. Yeah, you're in, you're in a sub-element. Fantastic. That's going to be great. You're focusing on one area right now. That's how I study well anyway. Good. Master the one, move on to Well, the if next. you were paying attention to this what is I... some real progress. If you are paying attention to what I said like 30 seconds ago, mm-hmm. you know the answer to this. Mm. 60 meters. <laughs> the options are you're A, right. 11 meters, B, 30 meters, 11 C, meters is, is 12 CW meters. Or CB. D, 60 meters. I knew that about 11 meters. Do you know why? Why? Because the email correspondence tower drew. Mm. He was the 11 meter correspondent. That's right. So, you know, thank you, Drew. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. 60 meters. Uh, the 60 meter band is a shared frequency range where the government has primary rights and amateur radio is restricted to communicating as a secondary service only on specific channels. There you go. All right. I think I got one more. Let's do it. Which of the following frequencies is in the general class portion of the 40 meter band in ITU region two? A, 7.25 megahertz. B, 40.2 megahertz. C, 40.5 megahertz. D, 7.5 megahertz. I'm going to go with A, 7.25 megahertz. Did you remember that from the first time I you took it? I did remember it. You saw that one. You've seen that question yes, before. Yes, I have. Yes, and, and you I got it. remembered. You remembered. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Very good. Nicely done. Thank uh, well, you. We were using hamstudy.org today, <clears throat> not because we're sponsored by them or anything like that. Just we good just guys. Really like uh, the service. So go to hamstudy.org, 
and you can take your practice exams there. You can do a multitude of things. Leia was going through the sub-elements by question. Mm -hmm. You can go just down the sections themselves, which is a good way to learn if you want to keep it topical. Mm -hmm. So if you want to stay within one topic and kind of get to know all the questions in that space, that's a fine way to do it. Or you can just take the practice test. And every time you take a a test, there's a little... um, like folded piece of paper you can click on mm-hmm. and it'll give you more information it says explain and it gives you some information to go along with it so there you go and study tips which i thought would be more valuable for the people listening anyway i think so yeah i think that's yeah. a good audible you called there very mm-hmm. nicely done nice nice work Leah. Oh, good job just evolving the podcast yeah good job mm-hmm. for your for your segments thanks so Leah talked about it earlier in the show as we move into the topic for today's show do you have a sound clip for the show topic. No, I don't. Something that says you're finally here. <laughs> the thing from the title that you or, waited for three hours. Or to it's get like, to. are we there yet? <laughs> it's the show topic. Yeah. Well, Leia kind of talked about it earlier today, and she's definitely mentioned mentioned it before, and it's the overcomplication of ham radio. Or another way of saying it is, why is ham radio so complicated? Yeah. Why isn't it easier just to do? Right. You know? Right. So this is we're going to we're going to talk about the why, but I I thought I would kind of start off and kind of work through some of the things that are complicated, particularly as you're starting out and like how they get com- more complex as you go on. Mm-hmm. So let's say you're starting out and you you picked up a bunch a of Baofangs, a bunch mm-hmm. of Baofangs. A you bunch to, of Baofangs. You're just buying them a Baofang f- futures. Baofang futures, right? you buy them by the bushel. Yeah. <laughs> for the season, the fall season. They always come out in the fall. Right. That's the best time to pick Baofeng. From the Baofeng tree. That's right. Or do they grow in a patch? I'm not sure. I think a Baofeng would be a root vegetable. <laughs> I think you got to dig them up. you got to pull them up by the antenna stalk. That's how you know they're, they're done. They grow like radishes? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, stinky, bitter radishes. Why? <laughs> I love radishes. I'm just kidding. Don't love Baofengs, but you love radishes. <laughs> So if you buy if you buy some Baofengs and you just want to talk to people, right? You you would likely put them into a simplex mode, which is just you you tune up a frequency on all the radios and then you talk. That's it. That's how you do it. Mm-hmm. Right? Simple. Pretty straightforward. Do you want to know how I actually envision the ham radio access levels? Okay. It's like technician. Yay, now you can use it like a walkie-talkie with other hams or hit a repeater. Mm-hmm. Right? And then General's like, yay, now I can do HF, but I'm going to be very unsatisfied. No, (laughs) (laughs) not at all. There's a bunch of YouTubers that still have their General, and they go do Poda and Soda and all that stuff. Like, that's that's not true at all. General is really when the the fun starts to really open up. I feel like General, like when you're on a highway, is like the passing lane, (laughs) you know? I'm just here so I can Stay out of the left! (laughs) It's the... it's the it's actually like the fast lane, but you can't go in the carpool lane. You ah. can't go in that carpool lane. You gotta stay to the right. That's right. So it gets a little more complicated. So how do we complicate this? Well, we we go to repeaters. So repeaters require to have a listening frequency. Okay. And then you have to have an offset to that listening frequency. It's the frequency you're transmitting on. Okay. Usually it's a predefined step. It's usually like positive or negative, some kilohertz or megahertz. 
Right. But I almost I I think it's easier to talk to people on a repeater. It's like a party line. Well, it is because usually repeaters are like on a mountaintop. Yeah. Right. And so it has a better propagation. Mm -hmm. But the thing you have to keep in mind with a repeater is what is a repeater doing? You're transmitting into it and almost simultaneously it is turning your signal, your your voice around and transmitting at the same time. Right. You can't do that on the same frequency. Because the repeater would be right. literally transmitting right. on the same frequency. Yes. So they use these devices called cavities. And the cavities allow them to have a close proximity frequency that's just off offset of the receive frequency that you can transmit into to activate the repeater. Well, See, to, you're already overcomplicating. Right, right, right. But to do that, you have to program your radio to tell it, well, you want to listen on this frequency. But you got to tell it to step it up or step it down on the transmit side. And that's where this plus or minus thing comes into play. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if you if you kind of boil that down, mm-hmm. it's just you need two channels for a Right. But a you repeater. do it in one channel. You do it in one channel so that you don't waste all your memory channels with like two sets mm-hmm. of, of channels going on constantly. So the other thing you have to keep in mind is that repeaters don't want to just pick up any traffic of anyone that's transmitting on that frequency at the same time. Mm-hmm. So they add a, a tone that it listens for. It's a sub-audible tone. Right. It listens for that frequency of mm. tone to turn the repeater is on. Is it actually sub-audible or is it one of those sounds that only like very young people can hear? No, I've never heard. Okay. I, even when I was younger and, and, <laughs> and started out, I did not hear these, these tones. So you have to do all that. Well, to make your radio talk to the repeater, you have to program that into the radio. And the reason why it's like, well, why can't we just buy a radio that comes programmed? Well, you can, I guess, pay somebody to do that. But all repeaters in your local cities, states, whatever, they're not going to have the same programming Mm -hmm. because there's not going to be as many repeaters. Other people will use different frequencies as the repeaters you normally use when you're at home. And repeater owners can select any offset they want, technically, mm-hmm. within a certain range. Does every ham club just have a repeater guide? No, I mean, a lot of ham clubs have their own repeaters. Right, but do they have just a guide that you can go to their website and they're like, this ham a lot club do. can a access lot, all of do. these frequencies? A lot do, but we have, we have a website called Repeater Book. That right. gives you a listing of all the repeaters and you can sort. Right. But a ham club would repeater. tell you whether or not that's an active repeater. Well, so does so does repeater book. It does a good job with it. But okay. yes, yes. What you're saying is true. Right. So there's we talk on these repeaters. Right. The, yeah. So there's your first level of like com- complication. And the reasons why I just explained you have to have this technology. You have to have these devices yeah. involved to allow this simultaneous tra- receive from the repeater and retransmission. Mm-hmm. You can't do that otherwise. You need the cavities to make that happen. Well, I mean, the need to understand the technology really comes down to the the decentralized nature. There's there's no one size fits all solution. Right. You don't pick up your phone and go, "Hey Siri, uh, yeah. load me up the repeater that's on Mount Santiago," and it goes, right. "Oh, which repeater?" Right. <laughs> You're right. It, it's it's. You're 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 customizing it for your. That would be a location. good invention, though. Yeah, no, it wouldn't. That would be a really good invention. No. So then, let's take it a step further. Okay, <laughs> same radio. We're still talking about the Baofeng. What if you wanted to talk on a FM satellite? Okay. Well, an FM satellite does a similar thing. It will receive on one frequency and transmit on a different frequency. 
but on these small little boxes that they called CubeSats or whatever, mm -hmm. they can't have those big cavity devices that allow for the same band slightly off frequency receive and transmit okay. pair. So they use cross-band repeat. Okay. So it will receive on VHF and downlink on UHF or Smart. vice versa. Smart. So it's like two, why almost like two why don't Why don't repeaters do that? Why? Because it's a... Because then you'd have to have a dual band repeater or a dual band radio. Oh, right. Versus you could just have a two, this is a two meter repeater, right? We, we do two meters here. And then the repeater next to it could be 70 centimeters. Plus also then you have these weird complex conversations that people will stumble onto and not be able to hear both sides of it. Oh, that's true. Right? Because yeah. you'd be transmitting on two meters VHF and receiving on UHF. So now you've got to program your radio to be able to split when you transmit, it's got to switch to UHF, right, right. Mm -hmm. or 70 centimeters. Got it. And when it receives, it's got to go to two meters. So there's just the complication. But why it's complicated is because you legitimately have to do that because the satellites can't run these huge metal empty tubes called cavities. Mm -mm. Got it. And then that's even before you get into the concept of like, well, I sat here. I got in front of my, you know, I sat down on the sofa, I turned on uh, Ted Lasso, and I started programming my bow fang. <laughs> and two hours later, I wanted to pull my hair out because I was on the 50th repeater that I was programming in by hand. And I said, there has to be a better way. And so inevitably, I, I oh, you, I saw Josh made a video on how to program a bow fang with a USB cable. Right. And so then you run to Amazon and you buy a USB cable, the cheapest one, because it's a bow fang. Why would I need to buy... Why would mm -hmm. I need to buy a $20 cable? I'll just sure. buy the $70 cable. Sure. Why would I spend the same amount? And then China knocks on your door and throws this cable in your face and you go, oh, great, I got my cable. And you plug it in and it doesn't work because the drivers, your Windows device doesn't understand how to use that cable. And there's no way to know that because Amazon is rigged. Right. And it comes with a little CD and it's literally one of those micro CDs that on your slot insert laptop that you have that doesn't have a tray anymore. You may not be able to shove in the little blue CD that has yes. a panda on it. So now what do you do? Well, you got to go buy the FTDI cable. Okay. So I went and bought the FTDI cable. Now I'm running Chirp. Hey, Josh said run Chirp. So I downloaded Chirp. Chirp is a good application. The, the developer does a really good job. But, you know, there's still bugs, and it's Windows, so Windows is going to bring its own jank into this as well. And, and Mac OS and Linux has their own issues that people have to learn. But now you've incorporated understanding of information technology, IT computers, into, I just wanted to program the Baofeng. Right, right. <laughs> I wanted to make my life simpler by using a computer, but to use said computer, I need to know how to run said computer. For applications that are a bit off the beaten path. We're not talking about Excel or even going to Google and running Google Docs or anything like that. We're literally talking about a guy or maybe, I don't know how many people do uh, development on shirt, but we're talking about people who are making literally a little cottage industry application that they pretty much do for free, right? So yeah, there's going to be some jank built into that. You just have to accept that because it's a small team of people. It's not a commercial entity. They're right. not. It's not a service that you pay for month to month. That's I, that's the other thing. A lot of this is very uh, cottage or grassroots efforts, mm -hmm. right? Right. So, so now you got the right cable. You got your chirp programmed up. You're all good to go. And then you're you're having fun with your handheld. And then you watch my video on using a tablet to talk to your radio 
And that sounds like a great idea. Right. And so now <laughs> you're dipping into the world of packet radio. Right. Packet radio is still using FM. It's still an FM Baofeng that you're still working with. But now you've got to get audio tones into the radio. So now you need another special cable to make that work. You know what's work. really funny about this? What? When, you know, I was a pretty early adopter of the Android phone. Mm-hmm. I had the first edition Android we phone. We both did, the G1. Yeah. And I feel like as my Android experience grew, it was very much like this. It's like, oh, I want to do this. Oh, I've got to get this application to now do this I gotta part. jailbreak my Android. And then yeah, and then now I've got to do this. So every every time you want to maximize the capabilities of the right. device, you're having to learn another skill. Correct. That's where we're going. We're, yeah. we're everything we've talked about so far is is building a skill set. Right. We started out just wanting to walkie talkie. Yeah. <laughs> we, we were just talking about talking to two radios. And now we're already at the point of where, well now I want to have my radio talk to my computer. I want my computer to hear the audio tones coming out of my radio that I can mm-hmm. hear over the air. Right. Well, those radio turn, tones turn into text. And in some cases, turn into real life emails. Right? Right, right. Well, so you need a device that gets in between the audio tones or your Bluetooth or whatever, and it's called a terminal node controller. It's a TNC. And often in my videos, I talk about that uh, Moby linked TNC3. That's $125. We've just yikes blew the yikes cost of on the bikes. Yikes on, <laughs> yikes on a bike. We just blew the complexity and the cost of a Baofeng right out of the window. And then when you get into that game, well, now I got to balance the volume for my phone talking to the TNC. Because if I feed it too strong, it's over modulating and, and losing some information into the Baofeng. Mm-hmm. It's too strong for the Baofeng to actually hear the disparate tones it just shoves it all out there and then who's ever hearing you just hears like like garbage Mm -hmm. right jumbled garbage so then you have to know how to operate a tnc even a dumb tnc like the moby linked and dumb is the wrong word a keep it simple tnc so now you got to familiarize familiarize yourself with the apps that come with it and how to use them and so now you're running your phone now you're on your phone you're not even on a pc anymore you're on your phone or tablet trying to sort out what the transmit volume from audio to the TNC is. And you also need to do the same thing on the other side. You need to be able to adjust the volume correctly on your radio and on the incoming side of your tablet to be able to make sure that your tablet can pull that audio out and turn it into those text characters or data packets or whatever it is that you're receiving. So now you just learned a new skill set. I basically hand-tuned a modem like you would have used (laughs) to get on AOL. Right? <laughs> right. Because you have to remember, okay, I'm using my Baofeng, and I want my, my, my tablet to hear all the audio that's coming over the air. So I need to turn my squelch down. What's squelch? You remember squelch? No. Squelch is when you turn your radio on and it's just sitting there not making any noise. Oh, right. The reason for that is squelch. Yeah. So the noise floor is lower than your squelch setting. Okay. And once the noise goes above that, then your radio goes, oh, I hear something. Mm-hmm. It's probably a voice or something. I'm going to turn my speaker on and let my user hear it, right? Okay. So there you go. Now you have to open your squelch up a bit because computer can just take it. It'll just take all the audio. Mm-hmm. Give, it, give it all the audio and it'll sort it out. Great. That's just packet. That's like doing WinLink, 
you can do APRS with a tablet as well. And so, okay, all is fine. You have a you have a Baofeng that can do simplex and you can do repeaters. You even talk to a satellite now and now you're doing packet and Winlink. And then your buddy says, hey, I just got this DMR radio. You should check it out. <laughs> and you're like, DMR sounds kind of cool, digital. Um, technically, the repeaters could be connected to the internet. My buddy's in Tallahassee and I'm here, wherever mm-hmm. you're here is, that's not in the range of the repeater that they normally talk on. You're like, DMR, okay, I'll check out DMR. Who, buddy, there's a learning curve that you step off onto. So with DMR, some of the same rules apply. You need to be able to connect your computer to your radio. You need to run software. Uh Uh-oh, record scratch. We're going from Chirp, which is kind of used for FM radios. It doesn't really do digital radios. Now you're going to a custom software specifically for a brand of radios. There is no universal software Mm. for DMR. So now you're going and you're getting the Radiodity software or whatever company. This is really the whole decentralized nature. Right. Yeah. Because they use their own, they're using DMR. But also, I don't want to use somebody else's CPS software. I want to have my own. I want to have my own programming software. That's what the companies think. So then you could download it and you have your radio connected and now you're confronted with a world of new terms and, and things you've never thought of before. You went from a world of simplex and repeaters, a very easy concept to wrap your head around. Yeah, the repeater transmits at the same time, so it can't be on the same frequency, blah, blah, blah. Now you're confronted with contacts. Well, what's a contact? Well, a contact's a repeater. Well, why don't you call it a repeater? Well, because it's a contact. <laughs> In our parlance, it is a contact. So yeah. now you're now you're going into the software and you're develop you're you're defining all your contacts. And guess what? Those contacts could just be FM repeaters. So now oh. you have FM repeaters and DMR repeaters in your DMR software and they're called contacts. So you want to play DMR and you my buddy's like, "Hey, I'm going to go on the HRCC DMR talk group." Okay. A new term. Yeah. What is that? So it's its own language. It's its own language because DMR is not really a ham radio um, mode or, or system. It was designed for commercial radio operators. Mm. Think of like big rig companies, people who are moving vehicles around in a big plant area or something like that. They would use DMR. So now you're like, okay, I'm going to get on the HRC talk group. Okay, I need to figure out the talk group ID. Right. For this talker, because that ID <laughs> is the universal code that all users that want to get onto the HRCC talk group, which, by the way, if you want to find out how to do that, go to hrcc.link. And we are on DMR, DSTAR, Yesu System Fusion. So now you've got the DMR talk group, and you're like, okay, now I got to make this talk group. So you create this talk group and flash it to your radio, and you try and talk on a repeater that is a Brandmeister repeater or some repeater that's connected to the internet, and you're like, hey, I'm not joining the talk group. What the heck is going on? Well, I didn't assign the talk group to my contact. Oh or I didn't God. link it to my receive group. So I'm not hearing anyone on the HRCC uh, Thursday digital net. What's going on? So you have to learn this whole thing all over again. Similar technologies. <laughs> but why did all this happen? Well, again, we went from simple. Simplex repeaters, satellites, even into packet radio. Pretty straightforward. You're just going discreetly to and from but then you add the internet into the mix and and i want everybody to be really clear what i'm saying you don't need the internet to do digital voice modes 
It's just mm. there to take the audio or the, the the data that's received at the repeater and connect it to all the other repeaters that may have people listening on the HRCC talk group, for instance. That's the leverage that it gives you. The internet-connected repeaters allows you to talk to people the world over on different talk groups. And guess what? Yaesu System Fusion, D-Star, P25, these are all digital voice modes. They also have their own language for similar terms because they are separate digital services, digital modes. This is a lot. Right? It's like Betamax versus VHF. <laughs> They're all separate technologies, different code, some based off of similar technologies, but in their own way, different and special. Some offer very unique features that you may be interested in. Some are, in my opinion, a little unnecessarily complicated. I argue that I'm, I think DMR, there's a lot of people out there, but personally, I find it a chore every time I sit in front of a DMR repeater. Hmm. I find it not an enjoyable experience. What would make it more enjoyable for you? To be more like Yesu System Fusion. (laughs) (laughs) Or D-Star, for that matter. I find D-Star easier to figure out than than DMR because I can do it on the radio a lot of times. Anyway, so that's that's just the VHF, UHF side of the house. That's just technician license, Leia. All that was just technician. Wow. That was just your technician license. What happens when you get to HF? So much. So when you get to HF now, what have we been using with VHF? I bought a Baofeng. Baofeng has an antenna. I use the Baofeng antenna. Or Josh said, go get a Signal Stuff Signal Stick. It's his favorite antenna. I got a Signal Stuff Signal Stick. I didn't have to build the Signal Stuff Signal Stick. I just bought it and connected it to my radio. Mm -hmm. Well, now you get into HF, and now the world of building and creating your own antennas enters into the fray Mm -hmm. now you need to learn about standing wave ratios you need to figure out how the length of the antenna the length of the antenna is going to change the resonant frequencies and different parts and technologies and theories into how antenna works all of a sudden that becomes way more important because now your antenna is allowing you to get way further out this is very dizzying right that's its own (laughs) that whole topic is its own thing But if you're just talking simple, so you get an HF radio, let's say you bought a store-bought dipole, you put it up in the air, as high as you could get it, and now you're in front of your HF radio, whatever it is, and you're thinking to yourself, okay, I'm ready to go. I got my little microphone. Um, Maybe I'm going to do CW, but well, what do you got to do with that radio? Well, you got to make sure that the radio's audio sounds good for the Mm, people listening. Right. So you've got to adjust it for your voice, because your voice is different than my voice. Yes. So now you're adjusting the bass and the treble mm-hmm. and you're playing with the EQ because you want to make it sound as good as possible. And then you're like, hey, well, there's this uh, rare DX station that's out there and I'm just not punching through. What do I do? Well, there's this button called compressor that I've never used before. Okay. And the compressor tightens up your audio a little bit, makes it a little bit more punchy. Okay. But you don't know what to set it at because you've never listened to yourself through the compressor. <laughs> right. So you don't know how punchy to set this to. How pu- how much punch do I need to get to that, <laughs> to this weird station, right? So you need a Kool-Aid man level of punch. So when people say, <laughs> and, and I'm, Leia looks like she's uh, she's falling asleep over here. So I'm, I'm trying to keep this as interesting as possible. I hope everybody's still out there. Are you still out there? Tap on yeah. the mic there. Is everybody still awake? 
Oh, it is so Kareem. complicated. I know it gets complicated, it's so but complicated. But did I did I paint somewhat of a picture for you that there's a reason for the complexity? Yeah, of course. Because it's not like I'm going to make this complicated on purpose. Let's mess with these hams. But then at the same time, there's just so much technology and and knowledge related to right. the. But the but the hobby itself actually, it pulls people in that like to be challenged. Oh, absolutely. That, that is what it's really good at. Like ham radio is a challenge. And there are people who that's their bread and butter. I want to be challenged. And then they will complete the challenge. They'll put it on a shelf and they won't go back to it. They'll go to the <laughs> next challenge. Like that's that's a thing that hams do. It sounds like you might be talking about you. <laughs> Maybe. I'm not, what is it? I'm not only the president. I'm also a client. <laughs> yeah. Or I am. I am the CEO. I am the CEO. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe we'll we'll cap it here. But I didn't even get to talking about digital modes on HF. Well, we maybe we talk about voice. it next week. Think about that. Yeah. What does it take to make your HF radio talk with your computer? Oh man. We kind of already did it with the VHF, UHF, but you know, and I think this is actually this new level of technology that has entered ham radio. I think some of this is all new generation. This is like Jean-Luc Picard forward. And then you have an entire generation of the original Star Trek with (laughs) the William Shatner, right? It's... Where the tricorder was a shoebox yeah. <laughs> that Spock wore on a shoulder strap. Yeah, so I think you almost lose, like, what, maybe 50% of hams when you move into new technology. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, yeah. So that's actually a whole interesting topic that I, I want to at some point do. We have to do this in a very delicate way, talking about the bell curve, the shape of the ages of people that are in ham radio. Right. And what does that mean for the future? That's going to need a graph and I'm gonna data. Need, I'm going to need a whiteboard <laughs> and a crazy wall with yarn <laughs> that I put my hands up above my head and, and they're shaking when I'm doing it. <laughs> well, that hopefully was a bit of a, a diatribe on why ham radio is so complex. And that's not even... I mean, that, we were scratching some surfaces, but that's yeah. not all of the surfaces <laughs> at all. We definitely short shifted the uh, the uh, antennas a lot. Like antennas is a huge thing. Right. That could be your entire ham radio career. Just getting just getting one radio and making just going all, crazy the, with antennas. all the antennas that will work with it. <laughs> Seriously. And you don't have to go any further than like one radio. And it could be an old radio. It could just be single sideband. So. Right. Because you're. You're testing the antennas. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, it is a hobby within hobbies. Just so complex. There's so many things you can do. And the complexity is there for a reason. It is there because of the goal that you're trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. You have to achieve this goal. And to do that, there are actual things that have to be hit, requirements you must hit to achieve that goal. It's a tool that requires... Lots of skill sets. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot more today with computers, for sure. So you do have to be a little mini IT professional sometimes for yourself. Yeah. And maybe others. But think about how much you're actually going to learn about technology through the journey. 
yeah, just, I was just going to talk about raspberry pies, but that's all, that's a, that, there's a whole nother surface that I didn't scratch, uh, scratch that yet because who buddy, you boys like Linux? <laughs> cause if you don't, cause that's the trap too. You go buy a raspberry pie. It's like $35. This ham radio only works on OS2 and you must control it by moving the cat. I was going to say the mouse cursor must be the the cat. (laughs) That's the only way this application works. It chases the little ball of yarn around. All right. Well, Leia's had enough. We've hit the complexity threshold. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you again, Leia, for being on the podcast. Do appreciate that. Thank you for having me. I thank you enough for being on our podcast. I don't think I welcome you enough. (laughs) Okay, well, thank you for welcoming me at the end of this episode of the Ham Radio Crash Course. And thank you all for listening. We really do appreciate it. And again, we have a lot of fun making it. And the fact you listen and send us feedback means a lot to us. 73. 73.